0: Check, one, two, one, two. Uh, YG, we got volume. Give me the, the thumbs up, buddy. You're good, though. You're waiting for reception, though. You got the Obama? There
1: you go. Nah,
0: hell nah. Oh, you got Metro? Or you got Obama's fucking stepdad.
1: There
0: you go. Are we good right there? Yes, sir. All right, Frankie, go ahead and hit that, baby. Let's get this shit cracking. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Everybody, like, subscribe. Uh, you know where you at. Hoodstocks, baby, on a Sunday evening. Yeah. Light one up. Open up the Holy Bible. Read the scripture. God is real. Let's go. Yeah. It's game time around this camp. Glass of red wine, baby. Hit that like, hit that subscribe. I'll see you, my goonies. Everybody tapping in. It's been a cool minute. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm feeling super, uh, I'm feeling super soft and silky at the same time. <laughs> I don't know if this is what I got on, bro. You know what I mean, feel like a teddy bear, don't you? Know what I mean, the, uh, what do they call this dog? Velour?
1: I'm not sure. But I know You're
0: like, I know they don't sell that at the swap meet. <laughs> he goes, he goes, what are you doing out looking your pajamas? <laughs> yeah, it's a good day, man. It's been raining. My kids have had a good day today because they like hearing the rain outside and they watch TV and they make a big mess in the house. (laughs) They're good at making a big mess in the house on these rainy days. All right, let's get this started right here. This podcast uh, is brought to you by uh, Attorney Nicholas Rosenberg. He is a certified specialist in criminal law. Attorney Rosenberg is based in downtown Los, Ange- Los Angeles. Rosenberg specializes in defending all strike offenses, firearm and gang allegations, sales of controlled substance. For the la- latest updates, go to at Attorney Rosenberg on Instagram and TikTok. Attorney Rosenberg is punching back on criminal cases. Yes, sir. Uh, to th- this evening's podcast is also brought to you by Uh, excuse me micro soul mushroom booster lift the fog come back into the light if you're having difficulty from day to day trying to focus on simple tasks and bigger projects let the micro soul mushroom booster come and save you baby our booster is powered by lion's mane and five other mushrooms I had to edit because they gave me all the mushroom names, bro. And I felt <laughs> like I was speaking motherfucking Taiwanese, doggy. It was, it was hard. The pronunciation, dog, was difficult. So I just, five of the mushrooms. And this isn't psychedelic mushrooms. This is a mushroom. It provides clarity, baby. Take a few drops of clarity. Take a few more for harmony. Take even more, and you're on your way to remodeling your brain's wiring. Imagine that. Imagine if all the J-Cats in the world <laughs> took mushrooms and it rewired their silly minds, and I'm including myself because I ain't all there either, man, um, and you know what, I look into I look into supplements, brother, to repair the damage that I've done throughout the years, let's be real, you know what I mean? Make sure to read and follow the recommended dosages on the bottle, this functional mushroom tincture uh, can be safely uh, stacked to your micro, safely stacked to your micro dosing regimen for a precision boost okay and so if you guys what the fuck canine what is this bro i'm gonna shit my pants bro <laughs> sorry about my language sir um there you can get at them at www.canacomforts.com and use hood 25 for 25 percent off okay so here we go guys you guys have been all waiting for this one right here i know You guys couldn't wait for those football games to end just so you can be right here at Hoodstocks this evening for this amazing guest we got. Yes, sir. Let me put this up like this real quick, baby. This evening guest uh, is our first book author, right? We've never had a book author on this on this podcast, bro. (laughs) You know, most of the dudes that come on here can't even read. I'm just talking shit, dog. They're like, fucking look, you got to go out to your car. I mean, can you imagine I get fucking hard candy outside, dog? You know what I mean? Just trying to go home. Um, I want everybody to give it up for this book author. His name is Jojo Godinez, uh, and he has a book out on the market right now. You can get this at Amazon. It's called Reformed, How, How a Life Sentence Became My Saving Grace. Everybody give it up for Jojo Godinez. How you doing, brother? Sorry about that long-winded intro, bro.
2: Don't trip. It's your show. It's all
0: good. Yeah. It's your show, but you got to make some changes. And we'll talk about that afterwards. <laughs> How you
2: doing, brother? I'm good, man. How many podcasts have you done? Um, no live ones. I've done a lot of interviews, but no live ones. So this is this The nice. live
0: ones are tricky, bro, because these motherfuckers are animals out there, dog. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They're yep. savages, dog. Well, Cuz they ain't got them. no face, bro. <laughs> they don't got no face. All those faceless animals out there. You ugly. You're gonna die tonight. Like, bro, the live chat is like, it takes some thick skin, bro. Yeah. In the beginning, bro, I didn't know how to handle it, dog. <laughs> I, I had to like it was it was like I read something, I'll be like,
1: what? You talking to me? You yeah, know what I mean,
0: and I, yeah. I was just like and I and I realized what it is, bro. I said, Hello, dummy, you just entered yourself into uh target practice. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And you can't see them, but they can see you. Yeah. And they're gonna kick you in your nuts, they're gonna, you know, punch you in your face. I mean, it's 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 tough, bro. you got to have thick skin right here.
2: Um, how many books have you wrote? Just this one. And, you know, just to clarify, it's my story, that name on there, Amanda Warner, props to her. Um, it's pretty much all my words. She just put in a storyline, edited it, you know, proofread it, and all that good stuff, or else it would have been really, really ghetto. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was trying to reach an audience, uh, you know, a lot more, like you said. I mean, it's very, very tangible for – I mean, it's been running through the prisons and all the homies said, man, it's easy to read. I could relate. I understand it. Boom. So she did a great job in, um, you know, editing it and doing what she had to do, putting it in a storyline, you know?
0: Yeah, and I went to Amazon and I looked at that, too. Mm-hmm. I looked at that, you know, and I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because one day I would like to write a book. I didn't know about what, bro. It might be some silly shit. Mm-hmm. Nothing real serious, yeah. you know? Um, Huh? A Million and One Ways to Jack Off. Is that what somebody said out there? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, um, how to do it type of book, you know? I know you're Christian, brother, and excuse my horrible sense no of worries, humor. No worries, bro.
2: But, Don't trip. Yeah, I'm from the streets. I understand. You've you heard worse. You. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, but I get it, bro, of having an editor, bro, because I went to the Amazon thing and I looked at it and I said, okay, um, and and that's, but everybody has the editors, right? Mm-hmm. And when, when writing a book, unless you're that, yeah, that you. person, mm-hmm. I mean, because- If if we wrote the book, it'd be like, "Hey, homie! Once upon (laughs) a time ago in Chinatown, you know what I had for dinner? What? You know what I mean? Um, It wouldn't sound right. And so you have the professionals, you know, put the words together.
2: Yeah,
0: and that's amazing, bro, that you did that. Yeah, you know, did you do that? Let's uh, for so for the people that don't know, uh, uh, before we get into your story, bro, Mm -hmm. I like to just dive into your story, brother, because I know it's a blockbuster Sunday night. Um, But for the people that don't know, give, give them a little, a short uh, summary of, you know, of your existence. A short summary.
2: Wow. Or a short, yeah. Did I say that right? Summary? Um, I'll say that, you know, um, my story ain't a lot different than a lot of the ones that have been on here before. I mean, I do have a lot of differences. um, But, you know, being brought up in the neighborhood and um, going through that environment and, you know, I'm, I'm I, I put it like this. I, I always tell myself I wasn't supposed to be here at this time because, um, you know, growing up, I used to talk to my mom when I was like 15, 16 years old, you know, what to dress me in in my coffin and stuff because there was a lot of people dying at that time. And we'll get to all that. But uh, today I'm great. I'm just grateful um, for being among the living and having a beautiful family, a beautiful wife. Absolutely. And um, life is
0: good. Amen to that.
2: Yeah, you know, I always tell people when people say, um, you know, how was your day? I say it was good, man. I didn't have to squat and cough today, so it was a good day. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, does it get any more like, man, when you gotta be in that position where you're squatting and coughing, <laughs> you know, it like yeah. we're, we're like really like what is that really about, you know? Is it really that they're going to be able to see something in there, bro? Or is it just them checking you, bro, <laughs> to let you know where you at and who's just, in control, just bro? Just to humiliate
2: you. It's just humiliation, it is. brother. It is. If
0: you really think about it, bro. Like, 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 I'm sure they don't enjoy that. Yeah. Be, uh, like, looking, right? Yeah. Unless they, they, that's the get down. But, I mean, I think the real thing about it is just to break... The criminal, right? Yeah. And yep. let you know, like you gonna yeah. fall in line. Yep. You don't take them mother clothes off. You don't
2: bend over, spread them cheeks, and cough three times. Yep. You gonna you gonna deal with something. Yeah. It's crazy though. Lucky is that we get conditioned where it's just normal. We yeah. just, you know presume program, you know what I mean? It's just, that's the natch. You know? It ain't nothing. We
0: start yeah. doing it like professionals, like, yeah. uh, uh, you know what I yeah. mean? Just like nothing, going I through the motions, <laughs> you
2: know what I mean? Yeah, they start telling you, man, I didn't say to cough yet. I didn't say to spread them yet, you know what I mean? Like, they, you know, you're going through the whole procedure real fast. You, you ever cough yeah. like a female? Nah, just not Just make me. a scene real quick?
1: <laughs>
0: I've never done it either. I thought about it. I was trying to make the guys laugh or something, dog. I said, man, I'm going to cough like a fucking hyena right now, dog. You know what I mean? just trying to get the guys laughing but I, I never had the nuts to do it dog
2: <laughs> yeah they were probably uh, give you some flashlight therapy just ooh to I've gotten game. it bro I
0: got it for I got it in 3400 able roll in the gang module in freaking 97 98 something like that bro Shoot,
2: I still got scars <laughs> whew yeah
0: yeah no you joke been there, baby. no joke absolutely and so I want to thank you brother for making the time to come here and I know we, we've been in communication you know about doing this. Um, and I want to give a big shout out to Jesse as well yes. for connecting this. Yes. Shout out to Jesse from Lexit. Yeah. Um, that's right, Jesse. And then big dog was telling me right here, how we got, we, we've had so many homies from Puente right here, doggy. Yeah. You know what I mean, and I didn't really even realize it, bro. I just like, you know, that's just the way the, 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 the ocean been flowing, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he goes, a "Homie, right here is like, hey, dog, you like the homies from Puente, huh?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Why? Why do you say that?" I mean, I ain't got a problem with them. He's like, "No, because you had this, that, da, ba ba." And I was like, "Oh shit, you right, yeah. bro?" Yeah, yeah, that's dope, bro. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it happens like that sometimes. I mean, nothing scripted in life, brother. Yeah. I mean, if we if we connect, if people connect in life, bro, it, it was meant to, it was meant to be, bro. You know? It was meant to connect, dog. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you were sentenced. Uh, so your your ID, bro, that's in the back of this book as well. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a a YA ID that yeah. says life on it lifer.
2: Yep. yep. And so you you got, you were sentenced to life as a juvenile. Correct. Well, I committed my crime when I was when I was a juvenile. By the time I got sentenced, I was already eighteen. Okay. Yeah, I, I fought it for some years. So.
0: For some years. Yeah. In the juvenile system, while the ju- in the YA
2: juvenile system, and then when I was eighteen. Um, I was in county jail. Okay. Actually, a little bit before, a little bit of my 17th year I was in there.
0: Got you, got you, got you. So let's let's just, uh, let's rewind the track, brother. Okay. Let's rewind the track and let's take it back. And sometimes I tell the homies right here too, the homies that have really changed their lives and they're Mm -hmm. living the right path, right? Um, And sometimes it's hard for them to rewind the track, bro, because it's a time of their life that they don't identify with no more, so to speak, right? That's not me no more. Yeah, Yeah, that's not me no more. Lucky, I can't tell that story, dog. I've had homies say, hey, look, I can't tell that story, dog, so I'm gonna be glorifying. I said, no, bro, we ain't glorifying that, brother. But that's that's a part of your life, dog. I said, "How about this, dog? We got to get to the mud before we can get out the tunnel, dog, and see yeah. the, you know, when you start getting out that cave, bro. You see the lightness, right? And and I, and I think about that and telling a story, right? Yeah. We got to get to the mud, and it's going to be things that maybe you don't want to talk about, brother. Yeah, you know what I mean? Maybe things that just like, nah, man, I don't want to, I don't want to attach myself to that. Yeah, but it's what made you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's why you're here right now. Yep. You know, it's made the man that you are right now, and you're a good man, right? i would like to consider myself good today well you know what's crazy about it dog is i put your uh i put this uh our post up uh promo for having you on bro and everybody in the mama know you bro <laughs> they said that's a good dude right there that's a good dude and and it was from both sides of the fence mm-hmm. it was from the streets and it was from the dudes that once upon a time ago might have been from the streets and they're on this side and they're and they, you know they doing the they're doing the uh the lord thing is that mm. i mean how do you say that the lord thing that sounds is that sound <laughs> messed up bro you know what I mean? But anyways, you know what I mean? Like, be, people are vouching and being like, hey, this the is the homie right here. It's a good dude. Back then and right now, you know? That's hard to do. Yeah. Not everybody can do that, bro. Yeah. Back then and right now? Yeah. You know? Not a lot. You know a lot of cats don't get through that, bro. hmm Anyways, let's start your story, though.
2: All right. Well, I'd like to start off, you know, just by sharing a little bit about my mom and dad, you know, because they're, I mean, they're a major influence in my life, you know? Um, My father, um... Born and raised right here in East L.A., uh, in the Lisa Village, you know. Grew up there during the 40s, 50s, Um, by in the 60s, straight from high school. um, He went to the Marine Corps, went to Vietnam. By the time he was 19 years old, he was in the jungles of Vietnam, man. And, I, you know, my dad was always my hero, man. My dad, I mean, I looked up to my dad in all my life, you know. And not just him, but my uncles were all in Vietnam, man. All his brothers, you could have righteously had um. Uh, another saving private Ryan in his life because I mean his his brothers were all in Vietnam with him. I had two two uncles that were in the army and another uncle, my Nino, was in the Navy. And uh all my life growing up with him, um I used to hear all these stories, man, about war, bro. And it was crazy. But um, you know, when um growing up in the projects, you know, um, you know, he identified being really close with all the guys from Pimeta Flats and my mother, she was on, um, you know, kind of by you. She was brought up in Eastside Clover uh, Avenues area. My my grandfather lived there. Um, my grandfather and my mother, from my mom's side, they separated. And um, when my dad met my mother, which I, I believe it was in the, uh, it was in seventy. I believe um, they met in seventy. I was born in seventy three. My um, they moved right there into Cypress Park. That's where they were living at, right behind. Um, Nightingale High School. Yeah. Right off right off of Figueroa. And um that's where I was living, man. That's where my my origin started, right there in Cypress Park, man. Right off of Isabel Street, right behind Night Nightingale. Up there in that, in in that, the that hills, tug, yeah. yeah. Real yeah. tight street. Yeah, it's the house up buddy. on the, the house is up on the hills, yeah. you know. And
0: um You gotta watch out moving the way you move up there, bro. Yeah,
2: man. Cars, I mean, it's crazy driving over there, man. It's just it's just yeah. wild. But um that's where that's where um I want to just say that's where a lot of my trauma was um, introduced to my life, and when I say that though is because um, I'm the only child from my father, but my mother had three child, three three daughters that my father, you know, raised as his own. You know, since they were very young, raised them there in Cypress Park, and my my older sister started getting involved with you know the neighborhood stuff, and um, God, honest truth, man, at three years, I I know it was three years old because we moved out of there at four. But at three years old, man, um, you know, the streets right there and the, and the stairs go up to the houses, right? And the garages are on the bottom street level. And I remember um, the first guy I ever, the first guy I ever saw get killed was on the steps, man. And I remember my mom came and grabbed me and told me, get away from the window, come over here. And I was right there, man, at three years old, looking over the window sill at what was going on. And um, at that age... There was a lot of stuff going on right there, man. My sister and her boyfriends, they, you know, our house got shot up at three years old, bro. Three years old. My house was getting shot up. And um, it was also then when these, were, these are like the only memories I have, man. And at years years that went by talking to psychiatrists, the psychiatrist, they said, the reason why you remember all that stuff, man, because that was early trauma in your life. And um, I won't ever forget when the cops beat up my brother-in-law right in front of our house and all the neighbors, man all the neighbors were going at it with the cops and i remember just being up there on the top steps looking down and um that's when i was like originally introduced to you know uh police being the enemy of us you know whenever i would start acting up they would say yeah you keep acting up i'm gonna call the cops on you so i always had that is from real young age that the cops were the enemies you know what i mean and um it was very very crazy you know what i mean just having that instead of Recognizing the cops as heroes or whatnot, I I grew up actually thinking cops were, they weren't
0: friends of ours, you know? Well, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me say something on that, bro. Yeah. Not all of them were heroes, bro. And Mm -hmm. some of them were at the enemies, bro, Mm -hmm. because they weren't conducting themselves or uh, like as a, as a, as something they were sworn to do. Correct.
2: Yeah. No, I know that now. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know that now. But back then, but back then, though, yeah. it was like no, but none of them were good. Like you know what I mean? It was yeah, like, yeah, shoot, yeah. you see a cop, and I remember driving you see a in cop, the backseat. You seat. run, yeah. I used to dug down because i mean, the car because I would never have seatbelts on. They were like, you better, you better sit down before the cop see you. You know what I mean? So I'm like, all right, I'm sitting down. You know, forget that. You know, yeah, I ain't doing but, uh,
0: bad guys.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, you know, at that young age. Uh, My mother and my father, I guess they decided, you know, before my sisters or, or, you know, any one of our family members end up getting killed in them streets, they decided to move us to La Puente. And um, like I said, my father was a veteran. He got his first home with the VA loan um, out in La Puente. And it's funny now because I be like, man, you know, I, I be thinking my mom and my dad went to La Puente like on a Sunday afternoon when it was beautiful and everything was cool because where they placed us at we we moved to La Puente in 76 70 76 77 we moved to La Puente and um, I got there when I was four years old started um you know preschool there and then eventually go to kindergarten but when we moved in there though remember my mom and dad moved us out you know of Northeast LA in Cypress Park to get away from the violence you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> they moved you right back into it. They
2: moved us right back and even more extreme because where I lived at in Puente, I mean, as anybody knows, I mean, anybody that knows anything about La Puente, there's a lot of cliques in La Puente. It's not just one gang. There's a lot of cliques, you know what I mean? A lot of cliques in La Puente. And where I lived at, the neighborhoods, I grew up, you know, what was considered East Side Puente. And right there, there was also Die Boulevard right there. There was also Vario Point right there. And next the street next to me was Townsmen right there, Eastside Dukes. And then we had like big happy homes that were right there as well. What
0: like, about what about Blackstone? That's a that's a click too. Blackwood. No, Blackwood, yeah, I'm sorry. No, that's
2: on the other side, but on the east side. They're oh, not on they're not on the east okay. side. But all of them cliques were like just one street, and we had Ferro Street as well that was right there. Okay. And all of these cliques, you know, they they would bump heads and be going at it and stuff. And it didn't take long for us to start seeing it, but um, I'll tell you this much, Lucky. You know, I come from a good home, man. My mom and dad, we weren't poor, we weren't rich, but we had what we needed, and um, all of that comes from my my mom and dad working really hard, man. My mom worked in a warehouse, you know, from early mornings to late evenings. Let's go shout out the moms. My father, he would he he w- he worked right here in Comrades when we were driving. I told him, man, my dad used to work over here off of um, Bandini. He um he worked in the steel mill, man. He worked in the um, right here, um, Calstrip steel. He worked there for I believe thirty-five years. He retired from there. And um
0: Is he is he still
2: is he still? No, not... my mother and father are both deceased. Okay, my condolences. But um, I w want, I wanna tell
0: Pops uh thank you for his service as well. Oh, you thank know?
2: you, bro. Yeah. yeah. But um my mother and father were real hard workers. My father was um Just imagine, you know, he was very militant in the home, man. I mean, everything, my room had to be immaculate every day. He would come in and inspect my room, you know what I mean? He would like, I mean, he would tell me, man, why is there trash in your trash? I'm like, it's a trash can. He'd be like, man go dump your trash can it wasn't overflowing or nothing you know what i mean my bed had to be tight you know that whole thing about bouncing a quarter off your bed you know i was like dad it's a water bed i can't balance it you know? i had a water bed back in the days you know what I mean? Damn! and um and it's, it was crazy because my room i'm telling you my room had to be sharp the house had to be sharp you know it was as if he was uh you know I used to ask him, man, were you a drill instructor in the Marines? Because he come in like like he was, you know. Everything had to be nice and tight. And back then when I would come home from school, I had to um, change my clothes. I had play clothes that were on the side, you know what I mean, that had holes in them and whatnot. But if they caught me playing in my school clothes, oh, it was over with. If I got caught, you know, playing ball in my good shoes, it was over. I mean, they would whip on me for doing things like that. Moms and pops, man, you know they were good people, man. They had good hearts, and um, on their gravestone it actually says, "Gave so much and asked for so little," you know. And um, Let's go, baby. Thank you. And um, my mother, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, ju- let me let me say this in 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 my youth, looking, I was I was a diehard sports fanatic. I played sports. I played baseball. I played football. I wrestled. I kickboxed. I um. I was always into sports. My dad, you know, he played sports when he was younger, so he kind of, you know, got me into sports and I love playing sports. That's that's that was my thing as a kid. You know, I was pretty good, made all stars, you know, here and there, and I, I was very competitive. Always, you know what I mean, always
0: probably like, probably a lot for your pops.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean he really never coached me. He he was like the equipment manager one time in football. Then um, one time he was an assistant coach in one of my other leagues, but a lot of times. No, but I- implementing the discipline in yeah, your life. Yeah, yeah. Because you got to be disciplined to be into sports,
0: bro. Yeah. But can you do me a favor right now and tell this new generation that yoga is not a sport?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: because right now in 2022, dog, these kids think yoga is a sport. They're like, I'm a fucking fifth degree yoga
2: student. You know what I mean? Like, bro, what the fuck is <laughs> that, that? With crazy. your little motherfucking that, leopard crazy. fucking uh, skinnies on or something. <laughs> oh,
0: sorry <laughs> about that. That's
2: funny. Bro. No, no, I get it. But, um. You know, I was real active in sports, and um, he was real encouraging. He was, um, you know, he was real tough on me in it, you know what I mean? But, um, um, you know, he did show me a lot of discipline. He showed me how to work my hands real young. I told him I wanted a clubhouse, me and my friends, and I'm going to talk about my friends right now because they play a major part in this story. But I told him one day that I wanted wanted a clubhouse, and he said, okay, Saturday morning we have a lot of scrap wood, a lot of plywood, you know, some two-by-fours, Um, you and your friends come over and we're going to build this. And I was like, what? What do you mean we're going to build it? You know, because my pops was real good with his hands, man. He was a good mechanic. He was good at a lot of stuff, carpentry, all of that stuff. He was good. So one Saturday morning, we woke up. All my friends came over. He started showing us how to use skill saws, hammers, you know, drills, everything to put it up, you know what I mean? And um, we had it. And it was funny because we were real young when when we put this together and our sign on it. It said, um, no girls allowed because we, we were like the little rascals, you know what I mean? They yeah. were like, we, we used to like imitating. Them. So we put no girls allowed. Later on, we crossed that out and said, all girls wild, you know, I was, we started getting older, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that, that ended up becoming the love shack, you know what I mean? Oh, but damn. um, <laughs> First baby mama, huh? But, uh, Shout out to my first baby mama. We had
0: our first kid in that tree house. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> but um, you know what, man? It, it, my dad taught me how to hustle real young, you know? Um, Before we had all these landscapers and stuff, I was a landscaper in my neighborhood. My dad bought me a push mower. Let's go. Um, I used to cut everybody's grass and have to rake it, man. I didn't have no blower, none of that. I had to rake and and broom it, you know what I mean? You should have invited the homegirl over. (laughs) Had to do all of that, man and uh it's a trip though because i i always had money as a young kid you know i'll wash cars my dad bought me my first um painting stencils to do the curbs i did all of that I damn my, like, I bro was you were that, that dude huh well my dad used to tell me man if you want this then you're gonna work for it you know what i mean you're gonna work for it and i was like all right and you know at the time that we had like you know the first ataris coming out the nintendo's coming out and um Shoot, I wanted it, you know what I mean? I wanted it and I started um started doing all them little hustles or just like on my street and like I said we didn't have all these gardeners so I was the gardener. You know what I mean? And I remember they would pay me like, you know, 3 bucks or whatever for a lawn or whatever, which was like a lot for me, you know? And all that money was going straight to the ice cream man. You know what I mean? If it was around Fourth of July, I'm buying my bricks of fireworks and you know bottle rockets and all that stuff. But I spent my money on dumb stuff. You know what I mean? No, hundred percent. I mean, as all all
0: of all mm. kids would do, right? Yeah. But you thinking about it, bro? Thinking about it, like in let's say the eighties, bro. Mm-hmm. How much was a piece of bubble gum in the eighties, bro? Was, Five, mean, ten cents.
2: Yeah, it was cheap. Easy, right? It was cheap. yep. Bro. So yeah. Like damn, three dollars, bro? Oh yeah. Get you a. Shoot, Whole bunch it was, of cavity. It was, cavity. Lot, it was a lot more than $3 because I was doing houses, man. And to stencil, I think I was charging like five bucks. You know what I mean? I was like, shoot. You were the you only pay
0: me. You were the only eight-year-old in Puente in a Cadillac.
2: Not even eight. It was young. <laughs> Shit. I was young, man, making money, you know what I mean? And I'll I'll get into about how that hustle changed, you know, the serving dope. But I always had that hustle in me, you know. And not only that, though, but um, you know, you you my dad taught me the value of money, man, because um, Like I said, he was very militant, but he used to tell me, man, and I had this front yard with this big old tree, lucky, a humongous tree. It covered the whole house, covered the front yard, big tree. I'm talking about the trunk size, probably half this size of the room. It was big, and there would be so much leaves, but he would tell me, break all this up, and um, I'm going to break. Like, I had an allowance, but it wasn't called allowance. That was me getting paid for doing what I was doing, you know what I mean? And um, he would tell me, if you work, you get paid. If you don't do it, you don't get paid. Let's you know go. what I mean? I do that with my I do that
0: with my six and seven year old girls right now.
1: Yeah, it teaches I said, them value, man. Yeah. It teaches I said, them value. I said,
0: I said, sweep that kitchen in the in the living room. They said, Daddy, it's gonna take forever. I don't feel like doing it. Yeah. I said, I'll give you five dollars. You know what I mean? It's, it's motivation, it's, man. Yeah. It's motivation. You know sometimes what I mean? My, bro, I borrow money sometimes from my kids, bro. <laughs> I'll be doing. something am bad with money, and I'll just yeah. blow it. blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, even podcast stuff, little fluffy outfits like this, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? mean and next you know i'm asking my kids for some money i need gas money they're like dad you owe me ten dollars for last week yeah (laughs) i do i swear to you you i do bro so
2: so let me just you know let me just tighten up this story about my parents you know my, my mom was real loving real caring my mom had a good heart man you know what i mean um there was nothing ghetto about my mom my mom i mean they say you know my mom was the neighborhood mom and i'll get into a little bit more about it but mom's i mean she was just loving, and I could do no wrong in mom's eyes, man. No wrong in mom's eyes. It was dad that disciplined me. When I messed up, I messed up, you know. And, and I I accepted my whippings because I knew I I knew it was over something. Like I said, my dad. One thing about my dad, like I like I'm saying, I love my dad, but I ended up growing up having a bitterness towards my dad only for the simple fact that he kind of made my heart hard in a different way. And I'm saying this because. As, as as a provider I mean, he provided everything for me he taught me how to fight he taught me how to i mean i was just sharing this conversation with um somebody else that man i used to hate these conversations with my dad because my dad he used to like to drink man and um when he would get a little buzz he would always sit me down and he would like me and mom ain't always going to be here you need to know how to take care of yourself you need to know how and that's how come i have you doing this and doing that and And he would tell me this stuff, but as a young kid, I didn't want to hear that. And like I said, my dad was my hero, man. I looked up to my dad. My dad was like everything, you know what I mean? And um, and he would always tell me this stuff, man. That I ain't always going to be around. You better take care. You better learn how to take care of yourself. And and um, I remember I had three older sisters. Um, I I mean, I've never said they were stepsisters. You know what I mean? Even though they had different dads, I they were my they were my sisters. Never never referred to my sisters as stepsisters. Never and um we used to get into it because like i said you know they were already like in the neighborhood stuff and they were already fighting and all that and i was the little brother uh the sister above me she's like five years older than me and um man, they used to put hands on me, you know what I mean? And I, I would go running to my dad and tell him and tell him my mom, man, they hit me, they scratch me, look at my face. They were like, man, you better stop, you know, coming and snitching on them and start handling that. Like, you know, step <laughs> up to, I'm like, man, they're I'm only five. They're already 10, 15, man. And, you know, I can't fight with them, you know? Yeah. Like, man, I, and my sisters had hands. They knew how to scrap and, um, you know, my dad, my dad would tell me, though, you better stand up to them or else they're going to keep on hitting you, you know. And eventually I got to an age where, you know, all of that stopped, you know. But my dad told me the same thing in the streets So, you know, he kind of used to tell me, like, you know, don't let nobody, you know, put hands on you, don't whatever. And I used to run with that, you know what I mean? And um, I started fighting real young in school over a lot of, you know, stupid joke, mama jokes or, you know, racial comments or whatever. I used to get into fights, you know, in elementary school and, um. I'd go home and tell my dad you know what happened he was like all right you know good job you know whatever you know way to stand up for yourself or whatnot but the thing is oh lucky i would get hurt let me let me d- describe hurt though i would go up with them on the ladder to you know fix the roof or whatever young kid just looking i fell off my roof and i couldn't breathe i'm like i got the wind knocked out of me my dad comes down the ladder picks me i'm like shake it off you're not dying you know what i mean like come on like don't you better not cry you better not cry and he had a habit, man. Like he always had a handkerchief and he would always shove it in my mouth and be like, just blow on it and don't just like take the pain.
1: Ooh.
2: I was young, lucky. I would ride my bike and I would scrape my, my I would come home bleeding and I was, I'm crying. i crying. You know, I'm five years old, I'm six years old. I got all this asphalt on my on my arm and my dad would grab me and, you know, stop crying. And then he would be cleaning it up and he'd be like, you better stop crying. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. not just that, but whenever I would get hurt, he didn't allow me to cry and um that ended up affecting me because as i started getting you know it started um it didn't allow me to express any other emotions you know what i mean when when i had pain so when i was emotionally going through pain i wouldn't cry but i would respond a lot with anger as a young kid especially if i if i was feeling like hurt pain um emotionally i would um i didn't know how to express myself Cause I was so used to bottling, bottling up pain, and that was one thing that, as I got older and older, man, I used to hate that about my dad. You know what I mean? That he would just, he just had me really tough. You know what I mean? I know he was, you know, manning me up and preparing me for stuff, but that stuff affected me. He was it, a little heavy-handed. He was very heavy-handed, and wow. not only that, but another thing with him is that there was no accidents in my house. If if I dropped this bottle of wine right now, I did that on purpose. <sighs> And I got hit for it. I got thrown through some drywall over that. And, and, and it was always, uh, my dad wouldn't, he wouldn't um, discipline me out of anger, though. My dad would discipline me, like, in response. And um, I used to accept it, because doing that, but like, man, I need to be more careful. That used to give me heads up, like, I need to be more careful. I need to move methodically. Yeah, yeah. I am like, man, you know, I need to be cool. Or if we're outside playing ball and I break a window, I'm like, dang, like, dang. Pop's going to come home. What's going to be my excuse? You know what I mean? What, Man, what am I going to say? You know what I mean? And sure enough, you know, I'll get my whipping. And uh, I started to accept it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, hey, I messed up. I broke the window. You know, I broke this. I broke yeah. that. You know, let me, pay, let me pay the house real quick. Yeah. yeah. Bring the belt, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was my dad. And my mom was always there to comfort me, though. My mom was totally opposite when pops would hit me and whatnot and i and he never abused me you know and i just want to make that clear. it may um, be considered abuse now
0: yeah it wasn't back then though
2: but it wasn't like you know he wouldn't come home drunk and hit me or anything like well, that's,
0: that that's that's a different type of abuse but i think it, it, some people in this uh this very uh, in this world that we live in right mm-hmm. i don't want to give it a name because it might sound messed up but um yeah, yeah, there's just different levels of abuse, yeah, right? There's mental yeah. abuse, there's physical abuse, you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: But but in his heart... He meant well.
0: He meant well, right? Like, he wasn't like, man, I'm going to fuck this dude up because, yeah. you know, this and that. And I and, I, it, it,
2: and there was always an uplifting...
0: But though, that was just a though. different generation of yeah. the way you raised your kids. Like, you, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm, back in the day, bro, you get fucking... I man, I got my ear pulled all the way through a market, whooped and all. I mean, I, got, I used to go to school yeah. with belt marks yeah. on my face. Bro, I experienced that yeah. stuff too, bro. But, you got me um, beat on the drywall thing, though. I've never been yeah. thrown through drywall, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? Those
2: uh, holes in my walls, man, from damn. me, you know, getting manhandled. But um, it, he was always there. It, it was a trip, though, man, because, you know, he would do that, but then he would, like, come on, let's go get some ice cream. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. always like, okay, you, you got what you had coming. Okay, how was school? You know what I mean? Like, and he's, crea- and, um, he's creating a freaking machine almost, huh? And you know what? I'll get to that. But um, my mom was always there to embrace me, like, and uplift me and comfort me during them situations. I never looked at her as saving me from my dad, you know what I mean? um, (laughs) Because she allowed my dad to discipline me whatnot, you know what I mean? And like I said, you know, I used to accept that whatever I did, you know, I had that coming, you know what I mean? And um, and, um, I just want to say, though, man, that I never ran to the streets as I get into my story because I was seeking love and attention or any of that stuff man because I got that in the home man my 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 mom and my dad I knew they loved me they affirmed me they you know provided and um they were there you know what I'm saying what would you, what would you say the
0: percentage of that is the percentage of like if you can give just a rough estimate of your day right mm-hmm. of the percentage of the cats that actually did have love in the household. And still went that route, are the kids that like myself mm-hmm. that were looking for love in all the wrong places, right? I mean, you know, what, would you could, yeah, could
2: you give that a percentage? I, 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 could, I can't, I can't even give that percentage. It probably doesn't even matter, right? Yeah, but um, and I'll, I'll share, you know, what I mean, what led me to the streets, you know, and it's, it's plain ball, you know. And lucky, let me tell you about my neighborhood where I lived, man. There was probably about twenty five kids that were all my same age neighbors behind me, next door to me across the street from me. And we all played ball, man. That's how I was in the streets, man. From five years old, you know, back then it was a lot different, man. We played ball. We, we weren't inside, you know, playing on phones and laptops. We were outside climbing trees. We were outside building clubhouses. We were outside, you know, playing ball in the streets, man. That's what we did, you know, all day long. When I came home from school, it was straight outside. My mom and dad, like I said, they were at work. And for the most part of all my young years, I had to get myself ready for school. I had to walk to the corner to catch the school bus. I had to come home, you know, do my chores around the house, change my clothes, and then I was on the streets. And when they would come home, they would be like, "Uh, did you do your home? I'd be like, yeah, it's done. Okay, well, stay stay out here until it's time for dinner or whatever, you know. And um, But my neighborhood, though, where I lived at, though, I'm telling you, man, I had all these homes. I had my my road dogs, my neighbors that I grew up with, you know, since we were— you know, four years old, my homie Chubby and Gabriel and Joey and Tulsa and 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 Billy and Glenn and all these cats, man, they were all there and we were always together. You know, on the school bus and everything. And um, you know, I'll share a little bit about my schooling, man. From kindergarten, we were we were already getting in trouble, man, for go running under the seats and pulling, you know people by their legs and we got kicked off the school bus in kindergarten man and um they say you little motherfuckers are wild. (laughs) we were we were man we were wild man and um you know I never thought of it wild I just thought we were just having fun you know we weren't you know we weren't trying to you know stab nobody or shoot nobody at that time we were just having fun you know and it's a trip though because um like I said growing up in that neighborhood man all of us we were we were always into sports playing in the streets and everything and um and, like, all them guys I was just named, there was, like, 20 kids. And on top of that, they had older brothers and sisters that were all involved in them gangs that I was telling you about. And it's a trip, Lucky, because as a little kid, um, I didn't look up to any of them guys, man. You know, I didn't look up to any of my older homies or anything like that. Um, I mean, I didn't look down on them either, but I didn't look up to them. They were just there. You know what I mean? I mean there was really you know when i think about it there was very few people that i looked up to or admired as any kind of mentor any kind of inspiration you know what i mean cuz i was too busy with my own crowd with you know doing what we were doing but um and during that time in the you know uh, early 80s, late 70s, 70, like 79, 80, 81, 82, man. I, I'll be honest with you, like, man. I, I was like into the breaking scene, man. I lo- Like old school breaking, man. You know, like old breaking. Yeah. And I loved like all my music back then was that old, old funk. You know, that that old stuff. And, um, And I was growing up, man. I was Let's growing go, up as a young boy, man, in the 80s. I was I was so into like break dancing and um, I was into you know graffiti and stuff as a young kid man. I mean and we talk I, I mean we talking drapes and shag rugs, bro. <laughs> I feel mean, I it. Yeah, yeah. Man, and um, but um, all the gangbang stuff it was there, but it wasn't attractive to me. I wasn't like, oh man, I can't wait to be older. You know what I mean? To wear them khakis and I, you know I, I actually I used to clown my sisters, man, because my sisters were straight cholo's, man, looking like you know, the Duke of World girls, you know what I mean? With the white, you know, all the white and the dark lipstick and all the, the black bands. And I, I used to be like, man, you look like a clown, you know what I mean? And and the homies at the time, you know, <laughs> that the drug of choice in the neighborhood at that time was like angel dust and, you know, heroin. And, you know, everyone was smacked back or drunk or something. And I I, I was an athlete. I'm like, man, that stuff is, man, I, I used to like clown them fools, you know what I mean? You guys are losers. Yeah, I mean, it, in a sense, I used to yeah. say that, but yeah. it, they, they were normal though because i've known them all my life and i've known that all my life you yeah. know what i mean so it was like i didn't look down on it i didn't look up on it it was just there but, but, it the, never, but, but it you got that and then you got the athletes right yeah the
0: yeah. athletes you know what i mean you know and you were an athlete bro
2: and i you know and, and i love it and you know what as i get in more into the you know when i transitioned into all the gangbang stuff but like i said being an athlete I was always a team player i was always around people you know specifically boys you know what i mean i was always around guys and we were you know when you're on a team man you know you you build a bond you know you, i have your back you know we're playing someone else you know we shoot it's us against them that's the way my mentality was always us against them. And you don't get offended if someone says,
0: hey, come on, me. Jojo, let's go, let's go, let's get that. Because you're, used, you're used, used to being taking, pumped up. Yeah, I'm you're used, used to, to being... taking direction as a team player, bro. Exactly. Bro, I was raised playing team sports mm-hmm. as a young, young, bro. Yeah. Right? And so sometimes I look at this hood stocks right here, my boys right here, bro. Not all of them are here, dog. But like we're all players, bro. Yeah. So sometimes, like, if I noticed if a dude mm-hmm. has never played on a on a Organized sport, bro, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and you try to like, hey, hey come on, my boy, blah 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 blah. Like, this, some people might take it a little different, though, yeah. right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Opposed to cats, and but then again, it all depends on who's coming yeah. from with the environment. But sorry, brother, go ahead, though. You, yeah, yeah, you know so, I
2: mean, um, so you know, growing up like that, and all of them being there, they were they were all family to you know to all of us in some way, some way, somehow. Yeah. You know, we're all related. You know what I mean? And. There's times we're playing ball in the streets and the older cats, I mean, the term back then, I don't know what they call it now, but people were getting bumper jacked. That was the term, you know, and you see people getting bumper jacked. You see cars getting bumper jacked, you know what I mean? See people fighting with chains and stuff, and we would be there like, oh, man, they going out again. Come on, who's up next? Come on, let's go, you know, like we're playing basketball, whatever, and we're watching all of this, you know, watching the cops come, you know, and and everything. And, I, man, something that stood out, you know, I was just sharing with my wife about, um... You know because we were always playing ball well two houses down from me was my homie glenn billy and jesse jesse was the oldest brother well he had got into it with one of the own other homies down the street and um it was close to fourth of july and like i said in my neighborhood man if anybody knows anything about puente it's like fourth of july all year all year long in puente man they're I mean, Dodgers, Lakers, you know, they score, you know, and fireworks are going off, man. I mean, it's it's there's fireworks everywhere in Puente, all year long, man. We're like the (laughs) capital of fireworks. So I heard some bang, bang, you know, going off in front of my house. I thought it was my friends lighting fireworks, you know, without me. I look out the window and I see my homie's brother, Jesse, being killed right dead center in front of my house. I seen the flash, bro. I saw the flash. And I'm looking out my bedroom window, which is facing the street, and um, he ends up dying right there, man. He ends up, I mean, he I don't think he died there, but, I mean, that's where he was leaking. He, he was bleeding to death right there on my street, right in front of my house. So, like I'm saying, and I'm tying that into this, though, we used Jesse's blood as home plate. because It was perfectly right in the middle of the street. And if you know anything about blood on asphalt, it stains, it stains. It don't just go away easily. I don't, It stained and it was summertime so we don't got no rain washing it down. I don't even know if we had street cleaners at that time. I'm not even sure, but it's in the middle of the street and it was the perfect location for home plate. <laughs> And that's what we used. Because we used to put like a glove down or a piece of shirt or something. Okay, this is home plate. You know what I mean? Or get chalk and write it. But we didn't have to do that no more because we had Jesse's blood right there. (laughs) That was home plate. And
0: Laughing and shaking my head at the same time. But a silent laugh. But a heavy shake. Yeah. You know, when you say that, bro. That's got to be like. I mean, I, I, I enjoy dark humor, bro. But the way you said that, I just didn't know, you know, but that was a reality.
2: Yeah, it was a condition.
0: It was a condition. That that Jesse's blood became home plate just because Mm -hmm. it just happened to be in the right spot. This dude got killed in the right spot for us where we play ball at. Like, bro, like, that's just, like, ugh. Like, people got to just let that breathe from it and think about that. Like, you know what I mean? Not everybody's raised like that, bro. Not everybody has home plate as the homies' older brother's. Like blood, bro, you know what yeah. I mean, and then so when you tell me that, bro, it just really you really scrambled my emotions, brother, yeah, you know
2: what I mean, you know and and wow, so growing up, man, like I'm saying, you know, um, I didn't look up to any of that, but it was happening, it was happening right there, right in our mix, you know, and it was never attractive to me, I didn't fear it, you know what I mean, my, um, you know, there was times when my mom would be like, come on, get inside, hurry up, cause something was happening, you know what I mean. And um, seen a lot of fighting, a lot of that stuff. And what happened, though, is let let me go into the transition is because, you know, like I said, from five years old or whatever, we're playing from T-ball, you know, five years old, we're playing in the streets. And um, as we started getting older, we started getting older and uh, we started realizing, like, because there was a rule in our neighborhood, man. We were allowed when I say my neighborhood, I mean, my street and, you know, the next street, you know, us in the east side. We were allowed to fight with one another. We were allowed to I mean we would even set up like boxing matches, you know, in our grass and you know, five of you there, five of you here, you know, in uh two minute rounds, you know what I mean? And we'll just go heads up, you know what I mean, just as friends, you know, just as a sport, you know, just toughen us up or whatnot. And um and um but nobody else was allowed to mess with us. You know, this is way before we started, you know, claiming any neighborhood or anything or any clique. That was just the rules. Nobody that don't live over here is allowed to fight with any of us without us jumping in. That was we always had each other's back, no matter what. Brotherhood. Yeah, I mean that was us, man. And when we went to school, same thing. You know what I mean? If you didn't live on our block and you got into it, with me, my homie Chubby was mandatory going to jump in. My homie Gabriel was mandatory going to jump how in. Many, how many was you? A lot, bro. I mean, there had to have been at least my age, probably about fifteen to twenty of us. And then they all had, you know, older brothers and sisters that were already active. So yeah. there was a lot of us right there. So you could imagine, like I'm saying, like we had teams on standby when we would be playing. Because there was so many of us. Yeah. You know, it would be lucky as a team captain. I'm a team. I pick you. You other fools wait until next game. You guys got winner. You know, what I mean? it's kind of like in prison. Man, you guys got tally. You know what I mean? But there was that many kids. And we were all active, man. And um, you kids, know, only,
0: kids don't even know what Tally is these days, bro. <laughs>
2: They're not out there
0: fucking. Hey, I got Tally, dog. I got yeah. winner. Like, yeah. what, what, do you, what do you mean? winner? Winner? What, what? You know what I mean? Like, bro, the, but we, the, mean, we need to get back to the grassroots. <laughs> growing up, kids being yeah. kids, bro. But, but go the, ahead, bro.
2: But the thing is, oh, you know, growing up in them streets and seeing all that, that stuff was, like, normal. You know what I mean? It wasn't something that was attracting me. Like I said, you know, I didn't look down on the older homies, and I didn't look up to them. You know what I mean? And that's the thing, you know, I didn't even mention that, but my mom and dad, they taught me a lot of strong values in my home, you know. Like I said, my, I mean, I couldn't talk to an adult without saying ma'am or sir or thank you, please, you know. Those my mom my too. mom and dad taught me manners, you know. I mean, no matter where we went and somebody introduced themselves, it was always shake his hand. It was always, you know, uh, greet somebody. When we go somewhere, you're going to introduce yourself. You're going to... Um, you're going to say thank you. You're going to say please. You're going to ask for permission if you need to use the restroom or anything, you know. And I grew up with these manners. And um, being in the streets and everything, you know, I didn't lose any of that, man. And um, and uh, let me just continue in the transition from all this sports, you know, watching all of this. So what happened is as we started getting older and we started seeing other kids come to the street, to our street, to fight with some of the older older family members, we were like, hey, they're they're jumping Nestor down there. And we were out there already with baseball bats playing. We would run over there and have Nestor's back now. We start, <laughs> like, jumping. It, yeah. it became a part, of, like, nobody had to teach us or tell us you need to jump in. It was, they're not from our street. They're jumping one of the homies' brothers. We need to back them up. You know what I mean? And um, as we got older and older, you know, things started happening a little bit more. And um, it's a trip, though, because... And I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and transition throughout school though, Lucky. Just so you know, I was I was bad. You know, what I mean, school wasn't for me.
0: Uh, in, in athletically, you you you, you progressed, but in the classroom,
2: in the classroom, it wasn't interesting. At school, school to me was like we were just there to have fun. It wasn't so much about learning, man. You know, I regret that later. I'm like, you know, I didn't end up graduating until I was in CYA at like 25 <coughs> years old. You know what I mean? But um, I didn't graduate till I was thirty-five. Oh, okay. Arizona
0: State Prison. <laughs> hey, at least you graduated, shoot. And I, that's just because I was out there, bro, and I was like, all right, it's easy right here, dog. I mean, you know, yeah. shit. Let me get a GED, dog. I mean. So
2: <laughs> let me let me kind of speed it up for the audience, man. So going through school, I was always messing up, just being a class clown, you know, fighting. always getting kicked out, whatnot. Um, sixth grade. In sixth grade, um man it ended up being like you know that's it was it was a good school year and everything at the end of the school year though um I don't know what I did exactly but the vice principal grabbed me by my arms trying to manhandle me taking me to the office and stuff and uh, I ended up getting into it with them right and um this was a big changing factor for me 6th grade because what happened is I ended up getting expelled from the school district for getting down with the principal or for the vice principal. You know, he grabbed me and stuff, and I ended up taking off on him because uh, he was, like, squeezing me, like, just manhandling me. And uh, it was funny, though, because, like I said, you know, nobody was allowed to man, not even the principal, because my homies ended up jumping in, too, because he's dragging me and there. But they didn't get caught. I got caught because they hit him from behind. And um, so I'm the one that ends up getting expelled from school and they kicked me out of the school district. So I had to go way to the other side of town where Uh, there was a lot more enemies. This is is where it got really intense, man. In my life where there was a lot of changes and, um, you know, it's a, it's a trip though, because I didn't really know anybody over there. I knew a couple of people, but a lot of them guys knew me from being from the other side of town. You know what I mean? And um, they used to start telling me, "Oh, yeah, he, you know, he's he's over there with them guys from the east side because I mean that's who I was always with and stuff, and that's where I lived. So now they were identifying me. That's a guy from Puente right there. And um, yeah, I'm like, but it, at the same time, I wasn't even like banging Puente at the time. You know what I mean? I was just like, yeah, I'm from Puente, you know, because I'm like in um West Covina area. Uh, uh, Let me ask you a question yeah. about
0: your neighborhood, brother. Yeah, um, Puente. Yeah, I mean. What I know about Puente is the homies that I've done time with, right? Uh-huh. And so I always thought Puente was one neighborhood with just a whole bunch of clicks, bro. Yeah. You know? Mm-mm. And then I thought, like, you had uh, Eastside Dukes and uh, what, what was the other neighborhood you said Duke? Townsmen. Townsmen. Yeah. Happy Homes. Yeah. Happy Homes. Happy, mm-hmm. right? I, I was thinking those were, you know, the, the adversaries. Maybe you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we talked and I, I heard some, but I so, but it's just split up. It's what is it?
2: Well, they don't really. They they're like independent neighbors too, because yeah. everyone from Puente. I mean, all of us that claim Puente Tres is one thing, but a lot of them, they, I mean, like townsmen, they claim their own stuff. I mean, when they get to prison, they they say they're from Puente. You know what I mean? But it's not Puente Tres, They're still from townsmen and whatnot. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're like in the, they're you know, they're separate. Neighborhood.
0: So all those streets are separate neighborhoods.
2: Uh, well, the streets themselves, we're we claim Puente Trece, but it's like Cabot Street, Then we have like little happy ons, and we have Dial and Ballista and whatnot. But, who,
0: but does every all those streets get along?
2: <clears throat> Nowadays they do, but there's times where we didn't get along with okay. a lot of clicks. Okay. Like there might be three clicks that get get down real tight, and there will be like three other clicks that they get down real tight, yeah. and um, you know we bump heads, and there might be one street or whatnot. You know what yeah, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. but. There was never like one big unity, you know. Okay, even okay. like even in like the barrio itself, there's separate cliques in there, you know what I mean. So, Vario Puente is like, I mean, that's them are like our OG homies and they have their own cliques, you know what I'm saying. And then there's Puente Tresa that where there was a lot more, you know what I mean. So, it's kind of crazy, but um, I end up going over there to like Eastside Dukes, I end up going to a school called Giano, and in Giano, um, see, in La Puente school, in our schools, it's majority Hispanic. When I went to that school, though, there was a lot of blacks, a lot of Asians. There was some whites and there was other Mexicans. So um, it was kind of diverse. You know, it was like kind of crazy. You know, I I wasn't used to that, you know, Uh, a lot of blacks and stuff. And um, I I wasn't brought up a racist, by the way. You know, my dad, I'll tell you this much. My dad, when he heard me say a racial comment back in the days, my dad put me up against the thing and said, I better not ever hear you say that again. And I was like, "What?" he said, man, them them guys were right there with me in the foxholes, protecting my life, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um. Telescope. And I'd be like, all yeah. right, you know, I won't say that again, and, um, yeah. you know... And as I,
0: soon as you walk out the door.
2: Yeah, yeah, You so. mother... <laughs> <laughs> but um, what ends up happening at this school, though, man, I start fighting a lot <laughs> now, man, and over me being from Puente, and like I said, I wasn't really, like, banging Puente on, on anybody, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I'm from Puente, but... It was like, shoot, you know what I mean? And all these dudes, man, I'm getting down with them. And I would go back and tell all the other homies, like, man, I had to get down. So two of my homies, my homie Chubby and Gary, they ended up coming. They got kicked out the following year. So we were there like eighth grade. So I was like, all right, at least I got two, you know, two homies with me now. And... um I had told my mom, too. I used to always tell my mom, look, I'm going to do good this year, Mom. I promise I'm going to do good this year. You know, I'm in a whole new school. I don't know nobody. I'm going to do good. And that seventh grade year, I was kind of doing good. (coughs) Eighth grade is when my two homies came where, you know, things started, you know, popping a little bit more. (coughs) But I was fighting a lot, man, fighting a lot just because they didn't like me because I was over there. And I didn't, I, I, like, I didn't really get it. Like, why are you guys taking it so personal? You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know you. You know what I mean?
0: Let me say this real quick, bro. And I hate to do this, but I'm going to say, it, bro. But even in the gang world, bro, or the underworld, bro, of any type of, like, uh, organization that's not uh, following the law of order, right? Yeah. And doing their own thing however they want to yeah. do it. But good is actually bad in that realm. And yeah. there's different levels of bad that are good Exceptional. Yeah. Not so good. Yeah. I'm sorry, bro.
2: So yeah, I'm I'm over there, you know, going at it whatnot. <laughs> He's like and then um when I hit high school, that's it, it was already like full blown. Now I'm already I'm I'm, I'm claiming pointing. Now it's like I'm banging pointing. Now it's like okay, you fools want to keep jumping me, you guys wanna do this. Yeah, you know, it's pointing, what not? You know what I mean? Yeah. And um I ended up getting I ended up getting busted with a butterfly knife at um in high school, sixth grade. I was I was barely like um maybe two months into high school. It was like before Halloween and um, I got expelled again. So I'm like, dang, where am I going to go now? But my old school district, they accepted me back, but I got put on probation at that time. So I went to this probationary school um, and there was only like six, there was like six people in there. It was like six guys and a girl. It was called COPE, Community Outreach Program and Education. It wasn't even like a continuation school. It was like a probation school. And when I got there, there was like other homies there from Puente that were there and stuff. And um and what happens <laughs> is um I end up getting introduced to my clique that I that I ended up being from Cadbrook. Cause all along I had just been claiming Puente. I wasn't from no clique. And usually that's kind of the that's kind of the way things happen in Puente. Normally, you know, you, you claim Puente first before you get into one of the cliques, you know what I mean? And, and and yeah. especially where I was at though, because I mean I had a variety, you know what I'm saying? I I I was growing up with the guys from Dial, you know, the, I mean, I'm talking about the founders of Dial and Dial's was a big clique in Puente. Yeah. And I, I was running the streets with them as a kid, you know what I mean? And um, so I always had them around and when, and they were banging too because they I mean, there was a lot of older brothers in that clique. It's like six brothers and three sisters and, And uh, I was always with them and stuff. And then I had the homies from the east side, east side Puente, that were my neighbors that, I I mean, I grew up with since I was four years old. And here I am, I'm at this school, and now I'm hanging around with all these dudes that I played baseball with and football and everything, and they're banging Cadbrook and their town. And I started going to this street called Cadbrook. And on Cadbrook, man, that was like the meeting grounds during the 80s, during like 88, like early or late 87, 88, 89, them were years where Cadbrook, I mean, there was so many homies on this street from different cliques. That was like the meeting ground. That was like, that was the grounds where everybody would meet before we walked to backyard parties and it would be all kinds of different cliques right there. And um uh, Cadbrook was like the smallest clique, you know. There was, I mean, it's a small, small clique, but these guys in this clique were all the homies that I grew up with. Playing baseball and everything.
0: They were influential dudes, right? That had all the that, that kind of like got everybody coming to this street. Or was it just like a just I, a, a, you
2: know what? I,
0: a, a central, I have no. It was just yeah. like a
2: central thing. It yeah. was right down the street from our park. You know what I mean? And gotcha. it was just a. It was just a location. I mean, we yeah. were very active, and um, like we were saying a little while ago, the specific streets that were, used to hang out there were, of course, the from Cadbrook, then we had Dial, then we had Belicia Street, then we had Perth, then we had um, Algen Street, we had Foxworth Street, and we all used to, like, meet right there before we would go to parties, you know. We were young kids, so we weren't driving. The majority of us weren't driving. Actually, like, none of us were driving, like, in the early years. So we would, you know, mob. I'm talking about, you know, 40, 50 kids, you know, walking to – you know, backyard parties and doing stuff. And by this time, I mean, I mean, things got really hectic at this time in my life. I mean, like I said, I had been fighting, I had been doing this, but now, you know, I'm having automatic weapons and, you know, I'm getting busted, you know, Prior to this, I had been busted numerous times being a kid for stupid stuff, stealing gum and um, balloons and uh, Banaka, that old breath thing, you know, just to do fireballs, you know, just to <laughs> mess around like little torches. I'd get busted with stupid stuff, stealing stuff, and and I'd have a wad of money in my pocket as a kid because I told you I would always hustle, I would always work, and um, and I remember, you know, I would end up getting disciplined for all of that. My dad would be like, "Why are you so stupid for? Why are you stealing for? You have." You got busted. You had, like, $50 on you as a kid. And, man, this bubble gun cost, what, $0.25 cents or whatever? And I'd be, he'd be like, why did you do it? I'd be like, just to do it. I don't want to waste my money on that junk, you know, or whatnot, you know. And <laughs> I always had a stupid excuse, you know, for doing mm-hmm. stupid stuff. And a lot of it was probably just influenced by other homies that, you know, just didn't have suit. money. Just yeah. following suit. And, yeah. it, I mean, I got caught. Co- I mean, I got away with it a lot more than I got caught, you know. So it was like... You know what I mean? We used to go into the 7-Eleven right in front of our elementary school, Lucky, every morning. And we would tuck in our shirts, and we'd have our jacket, and then we'd just open our collar, just throw all these, you know, bend over, throw all these candy bars in, and we'd walk away, you know, just stacked with candies, giving them away and stuff, just just for the hell of it. Just stupid stuff, you know what I mean? Vandalizing stuff and everything, and it was just um, chaotic, you know what I mean? And... Um, you know, I was saying earlier about how my dad, you know, one thing about my dad, man, I want to say this, though, because it's 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 tying into who, who I ended up becoming. You know, like I said, I had good morals. I had good values. You know, um, I respected my elders and whatnot. And um, but I remember, though, my dad used to tell me that. You know, violence solves everything. He said, you know, somebody messing with you, you bust him in his mouth and he won't mess with you no more. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about young and I grew up with this in my head. And as I, you know, like I said, I used to fight a lot, you know, in school and on the streets and whatnot. And now that we're older and things are more extreme and we have assault weapons and stuff. And it's like, you know, people were shooting at us, you know, jumping us, you know, trying to stab us and whatnot. You know, Um it, I, I took all of that into consideration you know what i mean and it's a trip though lucky because my my um i would go in and out of um of the substation you know what i mean like just for stupid stuff you know back then sometimes the cop uh, like three times the cops even drove me home and watched my dad with me right there in front of them it's like yeah you know he got caught stealing some kid's bike you know he stole the bike and the kid you know flagged us down and we got the bike and and, yeah, that's what, you know, we could take them to the station, but we thought we would bring them home. My dad was like, what are you stealing a bike for? You got two of them, you know what I mean? And I, once again, I'm like. Shh.
0: I got two girls, six and seven-year-old, and uh, they're, they, you know, they're best friends, bro. But best friends have the worst fights, right? Yeah. And um, when they start fighting with each other, yeah, you know, the younger one's actually a bully. The older one is, a, you know, a little more aware, I'll say, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but when they come crying to me, they're probably going to remember this to the, to the get older, but I always tell them daddy, uh, Lee Lee's doing this to me, blah, blah. blah." And I'm like, all right, well just smack her across the face. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I tell my kids, bro. I said, well, smack her across the face. And then, and then, and sometimes I quiz them on it and I'm like, what daddy, this and that, what do you think you should do? Smack her across the face. And so I say that in, in a, in a jokingly way But I also present that to them to look at it and say, you know what? It's not that serious. Now, if I seen my kids that were literally taking that and smacking the other one across the face, then I I realized that, hey, dumbass, that's not working, you know? But so they, even at this young age, six and seven, they hear it. They look at it and they said, I'm not gonna smack her across the face. That's my best friend. That's my sister and I love her. Yeah. All right, whatever. And they get going with their going. And I've never explained that to them, bro. Yeah. I've never explained that why I tell them that. They think it's just funny, you know, but yeah. then the they laugh at it. But, anyways, go ahead, bro. I, 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 I'll share But this parenting part, skills, I, right? I'm gonna, I'm
2: gonna go, I'm, I'll get into my parenting <laughs> skills later. But I remember my two daughters. I have a daughter that's 17 and 15, right? And when they were little and they'll be going at it, I'm like, oh, you guys wanna fight? So I would get them and I'm like, okay, go, go. Fight and they're like, no, I don't want to. I said, no, you're going to fight both of you right now. I was like, you guys, you know, you guys want to keep fighting, you guys are going to fight right now. Get it out of your system. Go. And they're like, I don't want to fight. I was like, why not? I was like, you guys keep on fighting. I was like, so I was like, you know, now that they're older, they're like, Dad, tell us to fight again. I'm like, nah. And, and I got one daughter, that you know, my younger daughter, she was a black belt in Taekwondo. My other one, she's a staff sergeant in the Young marine. So, man, them girls, them girls know. they Ooh. Girl power, baby. Yeah, Bro, man, my house is
0: full of girls, bro. But when you see full them, you they boss me around. Get me a juice box. Man, when you see my what do
2: girls so lucky. lucky, you wouldn't even be able to tell, man. And I tell them, man, just because you could beat somebody up don't mean you have to, you know? What I mean, don't. Absolutely. That's the last resort. I you think know. it builds confidence, brother. Yeah, well, and they're confidence. very confident. You both know, of don't my be groups. afraid.
0: Yeah. You know, and to put them in in like Taekwondo, you said she's, yeah. a, what, she's a black belt, out. yeah, bro. Like that, that's a sign of uh, having a good upbringing. Who put you? Who put you to the point where you're in a black belt now? You know, what I mean, my yeah. good dad did, right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> See, he understood it. He seen the vision, right? Yeah, he understood the, the exercise of life, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. So yeah, let me let me just speed it up, man. I don't want to bore the audience, but um. What's happening is you that, got seven
0: hundred um, people right here, brother, that are in <laughs> tune with you. do you? They're not bored, bro.
2: Yeah. So what I want to say though is that um, you know, as things started getting more serious, man, and um, you know, like I said, you know, all these times I'm getting in trouble too, man, and I'm gonna just share a little bit about my mom right now because my mom, like I said, I couldn't do no wrong with my mom, and my mom, you know, she, I'm not gonna say uh, you know, she she um, not, she wasn't an enabler. She wasn't. But then again, she was, though, because she allowed a lot of stuff in the home that could have got checked a little bit better, I guess. You know, but like I said, moms was like sh- she played her type, part. She I played her part. Mom, hey, look, you check it out. Man. My mom had her own police scanner when we were out in the neighborhood <laughs> and moms heard. I mean, if I have anyone online right now that's, that knows my mom, they will tell you. We would be, like, 20 deep on the curb, man. The cops would have us, and moms would pull up, bro, and it would be so embarrassing sometimes because she'd be in her pajamas. She's like, man, what are you guys doing, man, messing with my... You know, it would be like one in the morning, moms is out in her pajamas just jamming up the cops. Like, what are you guys... Why are you sweating them for? What did they do, you know? They're like, ma'am, you need to stay over there. My moms was like that, though. Me and my brother, man, one of my homies, man, I called my brother, my brother Flacco, man, Um, he ended up getting killed, but... You know, he stood with us for a while and, um, you know, we sleep in our boxers, man, and um, my house was hot. My house would be getting shot up left and right, man. And um, me and him would be coming out and just having shootouts, man, in my front yard. Blah, 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 blah. Anthony, 30-round clips in my friend. My mom would run out, give me the guns. You know, she'd, like, be right there picking up shells, helping us. And she would jump in the car and take off with the guns. And she'd, like, go inside now. And where was
0: your pops on the roof all camouflaged <laughs> down with a sniper rifle and shit <laughs> You were fucking him up, sir. Nah, he was getting he Flashbacks like man. a motherfucker. Man. He said, go red.
2: Like <laughs> yeah, man. It's crazy, though, that you say that, though, man. Because he was man. calling in on a fucking beer. <laughs> <laughs> Helicopter 342. <laughs> Yeah, man. It was crazy. moms was like, man, mom was cool. With mom, I mean, my, my mom loved my homies, man. My mom loved people. I'll just say she loved people. She loved my homies, but she loved people. There was so many times I'd come home and I would see like, you know, three dudes in front of my house, man, eating and stuff. And I'm like, what the heck? And mom's like, yeah, they just got off the train track. They just got here. You know, they're looking for some work or whatever. I'm like, so you fed them? I was like, what the heck? But. At any moment like that, man. My mom was the type, though. You know, she she would look out for people. You know what I mean? And um, I had a lot of homies that you know they would run away from home and come to my house. And my mom would call their mom, and be like, "Hey, just so you know, you know, um, he's over here at my house. He's good. It I'll send him like, home." It sounds like
0: you had the perfect balance in life.
2: Hey. You know what, man? It
0: would be a recipe for disaster, or just fucking amazing things. But sometimes you got to go through a disaster yeah. to get to amazing yeah. things, right? Yeah. Some of us, and right?
2: it's um, it's a triple because during that during that high school year when I got busted and stuff, and it was um, I was out there acting a fool, man. At this time, I was out there just you know, I was caught up. Now you know, now full blown, just in chaos. You know what I mean? And um. Like any other, you know, young homie, man, you know, I'm out there putting in the work that needs to be put in, you know. And, you know, I, I know it's not like the movies or people think, man, where we just woke up and want to go shoot somebody, rob somebody. You know, in my neighborhood, you know, we wake up, we go to school, we go hang out after school. And like I said, my that continuation school I was going to or that, you know, that probation school, we would get out at like 1130. It had to be before 12. So by twelve o'clock, we would get out before the general schools, and we'd go to Cadbury and hang out. And after school, everyone else would come over, and that was just the, the meeting ground, you know what I mean? And um, and we would just hang out like that, man. You know, me and my homies, we weren't just, you know, I, I don't want to say we were just evil people, just out there just doing straight evil. You know, we would hang out, we would clown, you know, do our thing, mess with girls, whatnot, and and um.
0: Well, if you ask the devil, if he was the devil, what would he tell you?
2: Yeah, he, no, he'll probably lie and say no. <laughs> He's
0: the angel of light. <laughs> Finish your story, you little angel. No, i
2: <laughs> Wasn't no angels, but Absolutely. you know what? Um We grow into them sometimes. I think, you know, I think for the most part, like, we weren't, you know, uh, we weren't really scandalous people out there just robbing people or nothing, you know? If somebody came, you know, we were going to respond. We were going to deal with it, you know, and. For the most part, that's the way we handled our business. You know, if you were one of our enemies, you came over looking for it, we're going to give it to you, you know what I mean? And we may go back and hit you later on that day, and most likely we were, you know, but we weren't, Um, you know, and like I said, you know, it's a trip that all these guys that I'm now banging with, man, are all the same kids that I was playing sports with, lucky, a majority of them, You're a lot dude. of them. And it, so it didn't feel like, it never felt like, you know, I joined a gang and now I got this title. It was just like, man, these are my homies. These are my friends. These these have always been my friends. I got you. I got you. you.
0: You know what I'm saying? And the dudes that you're banging against are dudes that were uh, potentially
2: are one day uh, you're playing against on a field. Exactly. And that's where all that team talk comes in because they, they were they are now on my team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would do everything in my power. I love my homies, man. I love my homies to the fullest. I love my neighborhood to the fullest. And... um. I would do anything to represent it at that time, you know, that was my world, you know what I mean? I and let me tell you though, in in eighty in eighty-eight, um, well actually eighty-four, my sister had um my sister had my nephew, and um this is a like a major changing part in my story, um and in the book, there's more details, but I had a little nephew named Little Mondo. His dad was one of my older homies, always in and out of prison and this little kid was like my little brother, Lucky. I love this kid like my son, man. I mean, this little kid was my everything. I loved him. And um, I think I loved him a, a lot, lot, because a couple of years before him, he was born in 84. I think it was 82. My mom went through a full pregnancy and lost my baby brother. And um, I was looking forward to him. Remember, I told you I had three sisters. I didn't have no biological brothers. I just had my three sisters and, um, I was so excited about this little brother being born and my mom lost him at birth. You know, we almost lost my mom, you know, there was complications or whatever. I think the baby got choked out, you know, somehow within, you know, the delivery process. And, um, my mom ended up, you know, she ended up pulling through it, but the baby died. And I remember going to that funeral, man. And, um, I, I was hurting, but it was like, you know, um, I want to say, you know what, and I I missed a lot in my story, but I'll, I'll try to catch it up though. But at this time, I was kind of numb to death. Lucky because, like I said, you know, my homie Jesse had been killed. Uh, that guy that I seen get killed on the stairs back in in Cypress Park. Um, I seen a guy. I didn't see him, but we were like kind of the first ones to find. Um, One of my neighbors down the street, he hung himself, and we found him in the garage. So there was a lot of death around my life where it was kind of like.
0: What what age is this leading up to you? You've you've accumulated uh, these experiences. Oh, You're
2: you're talking about from three years old to now in 88. I'm I'm already like almost um, 14. Yeah. And I've already witnessed a lot of death in my life. And um, my brother dying and burying him, being there. by. It was a little coffin, I remember, man. It, It seemed like it was just like a. It looked like a big shoebox at the time, you know what I mean? And um I was like, man, you know, so when my nephew was born, I was like excited because my sister was living with us and this little boy was my everything, man, my everything. Well, speed it up to 88, man, my my that nephew died tragically in a in an accident and um when that happened, lucky, a piece of my heart was ripped out of me and I swear, I mean, God's my witness, man. There was a new evil that was birthed in me behind him dying. I mean, probably a lot of it because at the house, my mom was crying. My sister was crying. It was right before Christmas. And um, I was, um, man, I was going through it. I couldn't handle it. Mem- remember the story I'm sharing about my dad blocking them emotions. I didn't know how the pain that I had from losing my nephew. I didn't. I didn't know how to express that I was hurt. You know that I was sad that I was you know going through it so like they say hurt people hurt people that was me and that there was a new evil that was birthed in me that and a lot of it was towards God man I hated God I, I was like because I was gangbanging at that time strong and I I blame God for like punishing me by taking him you know what I'm saying I blame God for that lucky for the death of that man and I I there was a lot of guilt that was just burdened on me man and um I ended up becoming a monster in them streets, man, over that cause I didn't know and a lot of times I would think, you know, we'll go and stab somebody, do whatever we did, and everybody's back in the neighborhood lucky, and everybody's excited and happy that we caught this enemy slipping or whatnot. And I would still be there with no like I wasn't happy, you know. That wasn't enough. You know what I mean? Like I didn't feel no releasing of um of you know of anything. You know what I mean? And um it was into like more and more more violence, though, so, man, like cold blooded stuff, you know what I mean. Like I, I started having like all the rules of gang banging went out. Like I, I mean, I would stab you. I, I stabbed one, of, you know, I stabbed this dude in a liquor store in front of his wife and his kid, man. And prior to that, you know, I, I knew better. I, I had more respect, you know, for the gang thing, you know. I kind of had, but I didn't care. I was like, you're my enemy. I'm not going to let you get away today and catch me later. I have you now. You, you slipped up. And I was cold like that. You know what I mean? I was cold. We had girls that used to try to set us up. And, uh, man, I remember um, this girl. I was going to probation. Imani and this girl, Lucky, man, she, this, I'm just saying, man, where I lost, like, a lot of my moral value that I that I had been raised with. And I remember going to Imani probation. I went to the courthouse to go see my probation officer. And I'm coming down the alley. There's this homegirl in there. And she's looking at me. And she jams me up. You know what I mean? She jams me. Hey, where you from? And I tell her, you know, I'm from Puente. And she spit on me. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? So without even like quick reaction is I bust this girl in her face and I stomped her. I was like, before the elevator got to the bottom, I left her in there. I'm like, I'm gone. This is about to come and get me. But I I was like, shoot, this this is probably one of the girls that, you know, set up my homeboy Snuffy. You know what I mean? This is this is probably one of them girls that, you know, pulled up on us and started dumping, but There was no rules, man. Drive-bys at that time, you know, there wasn't a lot of green lights on anybody, you know, for doing any of that stuff during, you know, 88, 89, you know, a lot of that them rules that were eventually brought to it, but I'll shoot up a house in in a a minute, you know what I mean? Regardless if there was kids, you know, pregnant women, whatever, I didn't care. If you were my enemy and I found out where you were at, I was going to go give you the blues, and a lot of this was just, it was just anger built up in me where I just... You know, a lot of times I ought to even admit today, you know, I, I I wouldn't have said it before, but, man, I was like on a suicidal rampage where I wanted to die. Like I said earlier, when I started, I used to talk to my mom about dying early, telling her to dress me up in some cut-off khakis and um, put my P hat on me and, you know, do this or whatever, you know, what song list to play, you know what I mean? And um, my mom would be like, man, stop talking like that. I said, Mom, man, it's eventually, I'm going to get caught sleeping. There was a lot of homies that were dying in the... You know, in the late 80s, man, I mean, I know it's still wars, but man, back then, you know, there was a lot more driveways, a lot more kicking in doors, and a lot, there was a lot of homies that were dying my age, young. So at this
0: point in life, you, I mean, you're accepting death. And and it's it's interesting sometimes, maybe when somebody is in this element of time in their life, right? Where it's, you know, it's very dark and and they're in in acceptance of it. Like, all right, this is what's going to happen. And, and it's, it seems like I mean, with some of those individuals, they are the ones that kind of made it out. Some, mm-hmm. not all of them, yeah. bro. Yeah. But,
2: but yeah, I don't know, bro. It's crazy though, lucky it, yeah. because you know I, you know I I had really started self-evaluating myself as I'm a monster now, man. Like you know I'm I'm like, I lost a lot. I I, I fell away from the way my mom and dad raised me. You know what I mean? And at this time. I mean, I had already started, like I said, I, I learned how to make money really young. And what happened is when I when I went to that other school, let me tell you because when I went to the other school when I got kicked out of the school district and I told you there was a lot of blacks, this and that while in my sister's apartment complex, there was a lot there was a lot of blacks. there was um some crips that were had moved out. I think they were from East Coast, man, from East Coast Crip. and um I was cool with them. They were all right with me they were like, you know, essay is cool, you know what I mean, because my sister lived there and I used to like I used to like get down with them, you know, like talk to them and whatnot. And um at the time I was selling like little weed and stuff and this is when they started showing me how to rock up cocaine and I was like man all that painting curbs and and, and um cu- excuse me cutting grass and this and that man I said dang these fools are out here like 20 20 20 20 20 20 20. I mean like fast man I mean, and so the it east, was,
0: the East Coast Crips taught yeah, you put you they, up on how yeah, to do Yeah they put that. me
2: up on on that new hustle and uh, like I said, a lot of my homies on the other side, you know, they weren't really like big time drug dealers. You know, my the guy across the street from my house, man, his house back in the early 80s was the first house I ever seen battle around You remember when they had the battle ram in the 80s? Man, I seen his house. He was one of the biggest coke dealers in, in the neighborhood, man. And um I started um I started getting cocaine and started rocking it up, and that stuff started making money. I was like, dang, this is cool. And not only that, but it was them same blacks that first introduced me, like, to the Uzi and stuff. Like, these fools, like, in the neighborhood, we had, like, 3030s and 22s and 380s and 9s. But these fools were, like, coming across with, like, Uzis and, you know, tech 9s. And and eventually, you know, we would get, you know, M1s and Mini-14s. That, that cocaine
0: and, money, homie. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I mean,
2: those it, connects, baby. And then when I started taking these guns back to the neighborhood, they were like, dang, fool, like, what the heck, you know? And it was crazy because the blacks were getting them from the Asian dudes, and it was like, dang, man, there's a whole different, you know, mixture of stuff over here on this side. Yeah. Because man, we had some broken down double barrel shotguns that sometimes wouldn't shoot, you know, <laughs> some old three fifty sevens that looked like they came out of Clint Eastwood's Western movie, like some, you know, some bunk I, I, guns. Yeah, man. I
0: had that twenty two fucking uh, handgun, bro, <laughs> with a
2: long ass barrel, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> but <laughs> uh, homies clown on you too when you pull up with that shit. They're like,
0: homie, who the fuck you? With the?
2: <laughs> But during them days, old oh man, I said, you know, from the simple stuff, and I remember one of our older homies, he, he gave us a twenty-five. He gave us a little twenty-five with an extra clip, and he said, this is to stay in the neighborhood. If anybody comes over here and messes with you kids, we were young. He gave us our twenty-five, man. That was like our first gun, and we never shot it, no way, man. We used to shoot out the lights with this. We used to, you know, like... You know, we weren't really trying to kill nobody when we were a lot younger, when that 25 was given to us. But as time went by, you know, we started coming across a lot of more weapons. I mean, shoot, we eventually ended up having, like, straight grenades up in our neighborhood, like, straight assault stuff. And it was like, this stuff is getting real, right? So let me just speed up now to when things got hectic. I used to always, like I told you, the cops would take me home they would call my parents, come pick me up from the substation. Like I never had to do no time. Like every, I used to think I was untouchable because I would get busted for so many stuff. And, and half the time, I would call my sisters to come get me. I'm like, they're like, call your mom, tell her, you know, to come get you. I would like, OK, I'll call my sister. Be like, hey, mom, they um, can you come get me from the station? And my sisters would come and sign me out and take me home, man. You know, that's
0: uh, from that ass whooping.
2: Yeah, man. And I kept on, you know, my sisters. man. I, I love my sisters. Shout out to my sisters, man, because they, they had my back. You know what I'm saying? And and um uh, what happened though lucky come 89 january of 89 this is when my life gets flipped upside down man you know i'm still going through all the emotions from losing my nephew you know just a few months earlier i'm out on this sh- i don't want to be home because it's so depressing at home so i'm out in the streets constantly constantly and I'm, I'm you know i'm serving dope um you know and um i'm just out there man i'm just out there in the neighborhood you know and uh, what happens is um uh, one day i'm there on cabbrook lucky and um it's the afternoon School's still going in session and uh two of my homies roll up in a truck and they were like hey go with us to this high school to go pick up these girls and i was like nah fool you guys go ahead and go i'm gonna chill right here because i'm waiting for these other girls to come through like them are that's them girls you messing with i ain't trying to go over there you know what i mean and they were like just go with us fool you know just in case we bump into somebody because it was like in our enemy neighborhood so i was like all right, fool. Like, let's. We're gonna come right back though, man, because I'm, I, you know, I got to get back for these other girls. And um, what happens is, I'm, I'm, I jump in the shotgun because he was going to the homie in the back. We're going to pick up his girl. So he said, "Yeah, they're going to wait for us." So I was like, "All right." So I'm in shotgun, right, and we're going. We pick up these two girls in our enemy neighborhood. And as um, we're driving off, these two girls get in the back seat with him. And as we're driving, my homie's like, "Oh yeah, the other day we." We chased some fools, man. They ran in this house. I was like, what house? And they were like, where the garage, right there where the garage doors open. So when we're driving by, look, um, there's a gang of fools in the garage. I was like, damn, there they are right there. And you're like, yup, that's them. And I guess they were working on the driveway or something. I don't know what they were doing, but it it looked like, um, I think they were working on the driveway or whatnot. And what happens is as we drive by, we start throwing up the neighborhood. They start throwing up thirds and whatnot. And then as we, we like, pass by, there's there's three of us, and there's probably about nine of them in the garage. And um, my homie keeps going straight, and he busts a U-turn, and the homie in the backseat says, open the glove compartment. There was a three fifty-seven in there. And um, I'm like, you know what, Lucky? Normally, I wouldn't have banged with these two girls. I don't know these girls. You know, it was a stupid mistake on my part to even grab the gun. You know, if anything, we should just... I, It it just happens so fast, so fast, you know, having these girls in. I mean, that's a major rule not to go bang. I mean, you're not going to go bang with fools you don't know, especially with two girls. Yeah. So we're driving right here, Lucky, and um, what happens is um, I got the gun, you know what I mean? And uh, as we're driving back, my homeboy makes a U-turn right there, and these fools are coming the streets, and... Like I said, I think they were making, I think they were busting up the driveway or something because they started throwing rocks at me and stuff, man. You know what I mean? I, like, they were trying to stone me or something. Yeah. They're throwing rocks, and um, a couple of bottles came flying, but we're still far away. And um, they're, my homies are like, blast them, blast them. And um, I just, I get out the truck, and I'm like in the street, and I have it behind me. I'm like, come on, fool. there's a big old 357. And I'm telling these fools, like, come on, man, keep coming, keep coming. And they they knew, though, that I had something. So they're right there throwing stuff, and I just turn around, and I start dumping, bah, bah, jump in the car. We take off, and I'm like, damn. I'm already thinking, like, man, we're going to have to get rid of these two girls now. You know, these girls are witnesses now. Now things <coughs> are getting, you know, I'm, like, in my head, you know what I mean? And um, I'm telling the homie, like, man, t- take me to the pad. I'm going to go. So I wanted to go home, I wanted to wash up, you know. They used to say back then you know, if you pee on your hands, you could get rid of the, you know, the the, the, yeah, the, the gun residue and stuff yeah. because we were we were hip that they used to come and, you know, they used to swab us a lot and there was a lot of shooting. So sometimes they would just do sweeps and take us in and just, you know, swab us and you know, what whatnot and say, oh yeah, you know, you have gunpowder on your hands and then try to, you know, press up on us. You know what I mean? So I go home, I jump in the shower, I wash my clothes. I'm like in there doing what I gotta do. I get bleached, trying to wash my hands and everything. And um, I told the homies, I said, go get rid of the truck, man, get rid of it. Take it to the spot. Cause we had like this little ditch where we used to go burn cars, you know, when we were done, like go get rid of it, fool. Get rid of these girls. Like you guys better press these girls, man. You know what I mean? So." Can we take a quick break, bro? Yeah. Let's take a yeah, quick break. Oh yeah. Real
0: quick break. Um, Frankie, let's let's go to the screen, take a quick break, and then we'll come and get the, the, the sponsors on, bro, and we'll finish the story, brother. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, quick break real quick, guys. Let's go.
1: Gospel, my Jesus, blessings, power, respect. Tell you this for the last time. Enough of the drama. I ain't playing these games. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Oh. Gotta pick your soul, loved up with the trauma, I ain't playing these games, you hate me when I'm up, you love me when I'm down, stupid motherfucker, turn that frown upside
0: down, clowns, high off that dope, I was clowning, I was high off that dope, I made a fool out myself, I was high off that dope, gang bang, blood sport, Wu-Tang, I love whores, dumb, burned out, crazy fool, I'm banged out. Hanging out with these fools One plus one equals two fools in a cell with no mail No talent is the policy No bail don't bother me They call me your drugs Comes with a college full of thugs Time
1: to graduate Time to elevate Let's go You know I play these games Gotta pick your soul up Pick your soul up Pick your soul up Oh Gotta pick your soul up Pick your soul up Pick your soul up Gotta pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. I ain't playing these games. The highs and lows come with lies and cold. I'm a wilted rose, only the gardener knows.
0: Water me, talk to me, fingernails bleeding, lottery. She lied to me, she cried to me. Point clearly taken. What's popping? Girl was shaking. Without love, there's no patience. Sit in a concrete cell, my soul vacant. You were in a hood trap. Working off your bare back, homie love is a true fact. Blood on the menu, don't mean to offend you. Take it how you want it, taste it, it's vomit. Shit is foul, two fingers in the air, Kermit drinks,
1: tea like that. share. this for the last time. Enough of the drama, I ain't playing these games. Oh, got oh, oh, to pick your soul up. Pick your soul up, pick your soul up. Oh, got to pick your soul up, pick your soul up, pick your soul up. Better pick your soul up, pick your soul up, pick your soul up, oh, to pick your soul up, the I ain't playing these games, why
0: we gotta die like that, why can't we spread our wings and fly like that, not only in heaven but life, Dodge LaHuda's already got two strikes, walk with me, talk with me, what you like to do, on me, my G, I'ma push you through, yeah. Give them they roses while they here. Let them know they chosen. We love you while you're here. Too much pain and sorrow. Some of us ain't gonna see tomorrow. Like be like that. Why we gotta be like that? The power of prayer is real. The power of love is fear. What I fear is what I'm scared to hurt. Yeah, 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 gotta hurt. Let's go, baby. Let's go Frankie, like let's baby. get this
1: cracking, though Oh, gotta pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Pick your soul
0: up. Oh. yeah. Yes, sir. I appreciate everybody still tapped in right now, man. This is an amazing story. Uh this has been uh, you know, man, I'm 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 really, really loving this story. Uh this this brother right here, Jojo man, is just very articulate, very thorough. And when you hear him speaking, you hear him speaking from the heart, you know. And this is uh this is me that is very in tune with different frequencies uh and and sitting across uh all levels and types of men right here, bro. I, I've been able to uh, just feel like the power of 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 their stories. You know, I mean, yours is very powerful, brother. Let me do these. Uh, we're gonna get back into your story right now. Yeah. Um, uh, looking for good good quality herb? Hit up the Dank Shop in Whittier. You can find them at one five zero two two Mulberry Drive, Unit K, in the city of Whittier. Follow them on IG at thedankshop.420. dot and you can give them a call right now. At We got a phone number, which is uh, 562-561-9406. Big shout out to the homie Dreamer. Uh, He's got this company. It's called Origin Bakery Equipment, okay? These guys are doing it big right here. Your one-stop shop for all your bakery and restaurant equipment needs. Home-based to wholesale, commercial, bakeries, new and used, right? They have all that. If you... Yeah, I mean, if you got a, uh, you're gonna. I mean, if you got a kitchen, you know, uh, you got, you're gonna open up a restaurant, a small restaurant. I mean, they, they're gonna take care of you, especially if you let them know uh, you referred to uh, from Hoodstocks and they're uh, follow them on Instagram at Origin Bakery Equipment LLC, and you can pull up on them in the city of El, South Omani um, at one zero four four one Rush Street. All right, everybody thank you hit that like hit that subscribe let everybody know we're here and i'm gonna hand it back over to jojo so what you were saying brother is you were saying man you just got dropped off you telling the homie take that shit to the spot bro where you guys burned the round flying then you're you
2: stressing about the females bro stressing stressing big time so what happens is I mean, I remember this is right like at 2 30 when they just got out of school and um daylight and you know and um so I, I go home, I shower, you know what I mean? I wash my clothes, I do what I thought I could do to get rid of that residue. And then I head back to my neighborhood, you know what I mean? Just in case anybody decided to come back, you know, and um, retaliate, you know? I went back to the neighborhood, let the other homies know what's happening because I thought they were going to go get rid of this truck, you know? So I head down there, man, and um, I was asking the homies that were there. Remember, I, you know, there's always a lot of homies down there on Catbrook. So I'm, I'm telling the homies, hey, where's, where's the other two homies at? And they were like, They're not here, man. What happened? And I told them and they are like, Oh, damn, we saw the cops swooping. And um, uh, so I tell them what happens and um and then we were there and it's already like six o'clock, man. It's already like six o'clock. It's um, you know, it's already dark. And um my homie that was driving, he um He's running, man. We have this, we have this little uh, riverbed in the back of, of our neighborhood and he comes from the back and he's all out of air and he's like huffing and puffing and I'm like, what happened? He said, they got they got the other homie and they got the girls. I was like, what? It's six o'clock now. I said, what? When did this happen? I guess, you know, these, these dudes, man, decided, uh, I don't know, I, you know, I still don't know if they decided to cruise around with them after all of this just went down. I don't know what happened. All I know is at 6 o'clock, you know, from 2 to 6, that's what, four hours dip, two, three, four, five, yeah, four hours difference, they were still in the truck having a high-speed chase with the cops. And they ended up crashing. He ran. And I said, what happened with the who? Who was in the car? He's telling me. The other homie that was in the backseat and his girlfriend, they were right in front of her house, dropping her off. And I'm like, oh, hell no, man. Hell no. So I'm calling that other homie's brother, and I'm like, hey, where, where's your brother at? They're like, my mom and dad are going to the station to get them, and I'm like, to go get them? I'm like, what the heck, you know? So they end up letting them out. They let them out, and um, the story I got is that they got them for GTA, and I was like, that's all they got you for? They got you for GTA? Yeah, they said, I'm, I'm probably gonna be put on probation or whatnot, and I'm calling the girl. I'm like, hey, you need to call that girl. I need to talk to that girl. Did they take her in too? And he had told me, nah, I don't, they didn't even arrest her. Like, she, she went in the house. They just chased us. They got me, but they didn't get her, and I'm like, "What did you tell him? What did they say about you know the shooting?" And he was like, "They didn't even ask." And I'm like, "Are you serious?" He said, "Yeah." So I, you know, I'm kind of feeling like, okay, you know, like what the heck, you know, I'm kind of like a little perplexed, but I'm not feeling enough conviction to run or go hide or nothing, and I, I'm, I'm and I'm trusting my homie didn't say nothing, you know, so. You know, two weeks go by, man. During them two weeks, lucky I'm like as if nothing. I'm still in the neighborhood. I'm still going to my, you know, continuation school, whatnot. I'm still going day by day. One day I get sicker than a dog, man. And I stayed home from school. It's a trip because I stayed home and um I I had the flu or something. You know, I mean, I was sick though with that with like the flu or whatnot. And um. I, you know, in my neighborhood, we have a bunch of dogs, man. And my dogs are barking. The neighbor's dogs are barking. And I peek out. And I'll, sure enough, I see OSS, which is Operation Safe Street with the sheriffs, That's a gang unit. I see them surrounding my house. So I go to the backyard and I see cops right there already aiming at my house. I'm like, oh, dang. <clears throat> so I'm like, I don't know what else to do but jump back in bed. I'm like, heck, you know, I, <clears throat> don't ask me why I did that. I, I mean, I wasn't going to run or nothing. So I end up jumping back in bed. They start banging They start banging on the door My sister um, She opens the door They come in They get me at gunpoint They take me out And tell me You know I'm bussing for I'm bussing for um, 187 This was two weeks later And I'm like I don't know what you're talking about You know what I mean So they take me in And um, they tell me That they have my other Homies in the other rooms <laughs> and they're and he and the cops are telling me they're like they already told us everything Jojo. and and they're telling me exactly everything that happened and I'm still like in denial though I said nah my homies ain't gonna rat on me you know my homies ain't gonna rat on me you know shoot they ain't gonna rat on me and they're and they're telling me the story though and I'm thinking I'm like in denial though I'm like nah hell no this can't be happening these fools ain't these dudes ain't snitching on me and um and they and i was like so they leave me there and i'm like so what's up man i'm like you gonna let me call my mom i'm like can i can i call my sisters again they're like no you ain't going home this time so they take me to they take me to los (coughs) padrinos and i um i'm there and then um my other crime partner shows up my other crime partner the driver you know and um and um I said, what happened, man? What they, what you say? And he was like, I ain't said nothing. Uh, you know, and I'm like, Oh, okay. I said, Well, they they know what happened. I said, Where's the other homie at? He was like, He's not here. And I'm like, Mmm, that's not good. That's not good at all. And then I'm never I'm never thinking about the girl either, you know what I mean? Because the way he told me in the beginning is that, that this girl never um, you know, she was never arrested. Yeah. So when I finally when I finally go and I'm arraigned and everything, you know, they got me for conspiracy to murder and attempted murder. And um what happens is um my attorney's showing me the police reports and I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, dang, you know what I mean? And um, sure enough, that other homie that was with
0: me. The one that was at the holiday inn? Huh? The one that you went to Los Padrinos, he went to the Holiday
2: Inn. Yeah, he went somewhere but um yes i'm reading i'm reading the paperwork man and he's saying everything and he's saying like more than this just i shooting he's talking about some other stuff that we had did and this and that and i'm like dang and let me just say this man just you know i mean this this guy he wasn't he wasn't born and raised in the neighborhood he was actually from huntington park i'm not going to say what neighborhood he had brought but he he started hanging out with the homies and he was you know banging with the you know backing us up this and that and um He eventually ended up getting into our clique, man. You know what I mean? He wasn't born and raised. He wasn't a team player, Lucky. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't one of the team players. He was somebody that moved into the neighborhood, you know, seemed like he was down, seemed like he was with it or whatnot. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. In my neighborhood, it's very traditional, man, that, I mean, for the most part, you got to be born and raised in our neighborhood to be from our neighborhood for the most part. You know what I mean? There's a few, you know, exceptions here and there. You know what I mean? But for the most part, all of us, we we grew up together in this neighborhood. You know what I mean? There's a lot of pride in our neighborhood being, you know, born and raised there, you know? And now we have this dude, you know, that stepped in. And I'm like, dang, you know, here we are. You know, and um, I was just like, I was kind of like in denial, man. So long story short, I'm in Los Pedrinos juvenile hall. They eventually tried me as an adult. I ended up um, going to... Um, you know, we start planning, you know, I'm gonna speed it up, you know, throughout juvenile hall, I'm in there banging, doing my thing, you know what I mean? Just doing juvenile hall time. Uh, 10 months later, they're like, now we're finally starting to get into, um, um, you know, pre-trial and all that stuff. Cause I, I'm not pleading guilty. I'm not saying anything, you know, they haven't even offered no deals yet. You know what I mean? So when we start going to preliminary hearings, I mean, to our, you know, pre-trials and all that stuff, Um, you know, my attorney was saying, yeah, you know, there's, you know, I'm looking through all the paperwork. There's, um, you know, you have all these other guys that are saying it was you, they identified you, they identified your crime and everything. And I'm like, he was like, yeah, it's going to be hard, man. If you want to take it to trial, because remember I'm a juvenile, but they're sending me to adult court because I'm being tried as an adult. And what happens is, um, we're finally there, like in in getting ready for pretrial and stuff And what happens, though, you know, when you're still in municipal court as a juvenile, um, being tried as an adult, you know, the only way you go to superior court is after your your um, your pretrial. Right. So I'm there and they called in all the witnesses and everything to come in and stuff. And we're starting already. But it's not the trial. It's just the pretrial. And they're bringing in all these witnesses and stuff that are saying that it, it, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Everyone's saying it wasn't me. And the, the last witness was my crime partner, my, the homie, right? And um, what happened is, oh, he... The outsider. He, yeah, he skipped town, though. On his subpoena to go testify, he skipped town. Yeah. So what happens, Lucky, is they let me go because they couldn't bomb me over to Superior Court on his police report on hearsay. He had to physically, physically get there. Back in 89, you couldn't bond you couldn't be bonded over to superior court on hearsay. He had to be there. And um me and my crime partner, we used to go every every, every court. We were handcuffed together, me and the driver. And I was like, "What's happening right here?" He said, "I don't know, man. Uh, it sounds like they're going to release us." And I was like, "What the heck?" And I'm talking to my attorney. He's like, "Hold on, hold on." And he's writing down stuff and this and that. And um he's asking if we could be released from there. He said, "No, they'll go back to At this time I'm in Central now. I'm in I'm in Eastlake. Um, when I started going to adult court, they took me there to KNL. And, um, so we go back, we go back to our unit, man. And, um, we're out on, we're out on the, um, on the field, man. And they call my name with one of the, you know, the, what are they called? Probation staff. officers, staff or whatever yeah. they're called. Staff. They call me over and they said, Hey, come on, you got to go back to the unit. You're going to pack your stuff. And I was like, what? This is already, this was, uh, and you know, November right after Thanksgiving. So I got busted in January. So 11 months later, almost 12 months later, I'm being released. And I'm like, oh hell yeah! You know this like shoot. Me and my kind, we're happy, we're excited. We're out there in the front of East Lake, and we're there. His his um his mom's there, and my mom and dad are there. My sisters, you know, some girl I was messing with, she's there, and I'm all excited. Like damn fool, like we we did this. You know what I mean? So, anyways, I go back home, man, and I and I'm that first night. The only thing I took with me was my pictures, some legal papers, and um, and that was it. I left, you know, just the cosmetics, whatever, you know. Had some Teen Angel magazine, some Lowrider. I left all that stuff. I was gone, you know. And that night, I was going through some of my old letters and looking at the pictures and stuff, and I'm like, man, I can't. I was hard timing it, you know. And I'm right there, bumping some oldies, hard timing it. and I'm like, damn, I can't believe I'm out, you know. The next morning, I woke up early in the morning. My mom was like, What happened? Why are you up so early? I said, Man, I'm used to getting up this time. You know, I got to get up and stuff. So my mom took me shopping, man. And it, right away, you know, she took me, bought me brand new Ben Davis khakis, you know, some Nike Cortez, a brand new P hat, brand new Pano, P buckle bout. You know what I mean? Got me, you know, some. Just was she was JT she play. picking this stuff out for you? I was picking it out. She was just paying, man. Moms was Mom was, I told you though, moms took care of me. Moms loved me, man. And, and at this time, I mean, that that was my style. So moms was like. Bam, you know what I mean? Like, come on! I mean, cause I had grew during them twelve months. When I when I got out, it was so funny. My sweats when I went in, they were kind of like long, baggy. When when I got out though, they were all like high water. They were like this high up my legs. Yeah, I was the like, way man. fools be
0: wearing sweats <laughs> nowadays, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah I know. Dog. I like I like fucking LA Fitness earlier, dog. I stretched out, <laughs> man. I, I stretched out. I told mom none of my clothes fit me, so sure enough, she takes and get brand new Levi's, everything. Just got me the whole wardrobe, brand new beanies, everything. You know what I mean? And, uh, I would
0: call it the Cholo Starter Kid, dog. But you were far advanced by then, sir. <laughs> hey, she. So that
2: night, man, I end up going to my neighborhood. Um, there was a there was a like a front yard party, and we're all there. Everybody's all happy. Me and my homie, my homie's there. The one that got out with me, we're both there, and we're back in the neighborhood. And you know, you know, when you get out after something like that, there everyone's all excited. You know, there's like some little homies that I didn't know during that time that got in. So, you know, here I am feeling like I'm somebody. You know yeah. what I mean? And um. I was just feeling happy, enjoying the moment, man. I remember the cops jumped up, man. I, I was like, I jumped about five fences. I was like, shoot, I'm gone. You know what I mean? I was gone. Everybody's like, where are you running, for? I was like, shoot, I ain't even been out 24 hours. I'm gone. You know what I mean? I think that's
0: the only way the Mexicans will ever be able to enter the Olympics, dog. <laughs> if they had a sport where you did the 100-yard dash jumping fences, dog, I mean, I think we'd outshine everybody, brother. You yeah, we'd, we'd outshine everybody. Homie, I used to jump fences like a big dog. Homie, I was so quick on my feet That sometimes I drop the gun out my waistband, bro, and I look at that while I'm going back over to pick it up, bro. You know, what I mean, leaning over, bye, pick it up.
2: It's crazy, man. Crazy. Go ahead, brother. Sorry, dog. So anyway, I gotta interject I, my bullshit
0: here run, and there, bro. You
2: know, I'm I'm excited to be out. You know, the homies excited to be out. You know, the next day, you know, I go to the neighborhood and um everyone's in school. I'm not I'm not checked in no schools or nothing yet. By ne- by this time. I'm now a sophomore, you know. I'm in my tenth grade year, you know, because I spent my whole freshman year busted. So now I'm a sophomore. And I had told my mom, I said, Mom, I, you know, I always used to tell moms every time I get busted, I'm gonna do good, mom. I promise you, you know what I mean? And um and they let me go back, they let me go back to my old high school, uh, which was Puente High School. I never went to Puente High School. Remember, I got kicked out of the school district, you know, when I was, you know, in sixth grade. So I was out that way. And the high school I went to that that couple of months, I went to for um I went September and October, and I got busted. Right, so what happened is I ended up going back to La Puente High School, and um, you know, I go and I'm telling my mama to do good and everything. I go, I get my books. They check me in. My probation officer met us there and everything. Shit. And uh, they, they put me back on probation because I had got busted on probation. I was like, man, a year later, you're still putting me back on probation. Like, what kind of like, how does this work? You know, like, yeah, <laughs> just because you got busted don't mean you know you you resolved your probation time. You still
0: owe us. You yeah,
2: so um. <laughs> So I'm there at the school and stuff, and um I end up um, you know, I went to PE and they told me what I needed. So I told my mom, mom, get me some gray sweats and cut them and, and sew them up for me and stuff. And and um I got you know all the school the PE stuff and everything. And I I, I went to um my classes, they gave me the books, told me to put book covers on them, or you had to put the the paper um book yeah. cover. I, I did everything, man. I was like, I'm gonna do this, man. I'm gonna go in here. That first week though, Lucky, um, just, I was going through trials with these teachers, man. They were, like, hating on me. And I swear, I, I did the work. Lucky, I, I said, I want to do the work. I did the work. And my teacher grabbed it and crumbled it up and threw it away. He said, yeah, we don't accept this chicken scratch. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Did they know your history? Uh, I don't, I I, I want to say no. You know what right. I mean? They were just stereotyping me because of the way I looked, I guess. Yeah. So um, I go to PE, and we're playing we're playing basketball. We're playing, like, three on... um we're playing like uh, three on three or whatever and you know it was allowed like shirts no shirts you know what I mean yeah. and I'm playing and at this time I already had the neighborhood blasting on me and stuff and the, the teacher comes and gets at me foul he was like put your shirt on now and I was like for what you know what I mean like I'm already all sweaty and stuff and um, he ends up like sweating me real big time and stuff so I was like man you tripping fool!" and he was like you know what go to the you know principal's office and I was like "Ah, oh, here we go so anyways long story short I didn't last a whole week in the high school. I said, I went back and told my mom, I'm done, man. I, I tried, it didn't work out. You know what I mean? I'm just having problems with these fools. So uh, that next Friday, I showed up on my bike. I was on a bike and I went to the bike and I and I told the, the counselor, I was like, yeah, I'm done with school. I'm dropping out. And they're like, what? And I already had intentions and in going back to the continuation school. I was like, I'm going to go back to that little cope school. And I ended up going there because what I wanted to do, look, like, I wanted to get my GED I wanted to graduate GED, whatever I could get. Later on, I think I was more aiming towards GED. At this time, I was still aiming for the high school diploma, because, like my dad, I wanted to be a Marine. All my life, I wanted to be a Marine, and I was aiming for that. And even when I was messing around, I, I had a recruiter, man, that I would work out with, and I would go to Camp Pendleton with, and I would go over to MCRD, the, the Marine Corps um, Recruiting Depot, and i would go with them man and i, I really want once i got to high school diploma i wanted i wanted to go straight into the marines like my dad you know like i said all my life i heard you know all these stories and i wanted i wanted to go you know but
0: you but at this point in your life bro uh you understand where you're at is is going to lead you to nothing good like you have that understanding? Yeah, yeah,
2: I have that understanding. Like I just got off of a serious case, man. I'm trying to do something. It's not on my record because I beat it. You know what I mean? I'm a juvenile, and the and the the recruiting officer used to tell me. He said, "When you're 18, we could close out that. Don't worry about all this juvenile stuff. You know, your little probation and all. Once you turn adult, we will get you in there." So I'm like, okay, I'm still looking forward to this, right? And uh, I'm still in the neighborhood doing my thing, though, man. Just you know, just just caught up, you know. And um, what happens is I end up getting busted here and there for little stuff, going right back. And one thing I didn't realize is once you're tried as an adult, every crime you commit now, you're an adult now. It's an automatic. You don't go through no more fitness hearings. It's automatic. I mean, I got busted for like a stolen car or something right away. I'm in adult court. You're not, you're not going to juvenile court. You're going to adult court. It's on you. That's it. I didn't know that. Once you're, once you're found fit to be tried as an adult, you're, you're an adult now. So here I am, you know, I'm um 17. I'm getting busted in and out, whatnot. I come out, and um one time, um, these guys they try to cocktail my sister's house, and she called me, and we went over there, and these fools were still there. And we rolled up on them, and um, we ran one, we took one out of the car and ran him over with his own car, and I was gonna blast and I came out with a shotgun and stuff. I was like, can I kick back? He's already manned down, like, don't trip, you know what I mean? And I was like, man, so the cops rolled up on me my sister took the gun and um and they ended up getting me for the assault like dude was just ran over right there in front of her house i was like dang they trying to burn down her house you know like i didn't say anything but the neighbors and stuff were like you know they came out and kind of like talked to the cops for us like it wasn't them you know they like they came to help out you know and um they still took me they took me and um one of my other homies and um uh, I'm in there and stuff and I came out and once again I'm telling my mom the same sad story. Mom, I'm going to do good this time, you know what I mean? I'm going to do good. And um that was just my story, man. And my mom like I said, my mom she she man, she she was just always having my back. They had me they had me jumping over a counter at a Jack in the Box on camera and stuff. My mom was going to court and said that wasn't him. I was like, "Mom, they got me on camera, man." Like <laughs> like, "Come on." You know what I mean? Like they got me, you know what I mean? Like you know it was just like that's the way moms would moms would stack bibles up and swear that i was with her you know <laughs> during these times and I moms mean, was I like mean, that man i mean if
0: you love your kids you should be willing to die uh burn in hell right <laughs> hey
2: moms was moms was crazy like that burn hell so. for my kids yeah that's man nice. so here i am in and out again lucky still doing it man still getting i'm i'm being busted like left and right though man i can't stay out and um one time I got out, man, and um, I got with um, one of my homegirls, you know, and um, she was... Um,
0: I want to say, I mean, I mean no disrespect in regards to, like, what I said and what you were saying with your, mo- your mom. Oh, no, no, or,
2: no I, I understood. Yeah, yeah, I understood. Yeah, I, I was no, just no, using no. It as a silly yeah, analogy. No no, 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 I understand. Right?
0: Of the love, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. I want, but I, I want to clear that, brother. No, no, no,
2: no, no I, I got you. Absolutely. So anyways, so, um, I ended up getting out this one time, man, and um, it was... Um, I got with this homegirl, man, and let me tell you, man, because I I was never into my homegirls, man. I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't look down on them or anything, but I just didn't mess with them. It wasn't really my style, you know, because I played sports all my life, so I always had cheerleaders and drill team girls, and that was like my style. That's That's what I was kind of attracted to. These homegirls fighting all that, I was like, I ain't, you know, like shoot, that ain't me, you know. I'm a little better than that, you know. (laughs) Oh, you bougie, (laughs) huh? Homegirls, you know what I mean? But I was like. You know, I used to mess with you know. I mean, to this day,
0: to this day, dog, Aquanet gives me a boner, bro. You know what I mean? And and a couple times it was a dude that was wearing it. I was like, "What the fuck? You fucking with me, homie? Better stop that shit."
2: So what happens though? I get out and there's this homegirl, man. There's this homegirl, and I'll say her name. Her name was Dahlia. You know what I mean? I'm saying her name because she ends up being my wife, right? Ooh, Dahlia. But I get with her though, lucky and. She's not like your typical homegirl, man. This girl was like, you know, she was a little bossy, man, and she was a little bit, you know, she had some anger on her, too. You know, I could relate. You know, I seen something in her that was probably in me, man, and um, I kind of looked at her as a challenge, you know, and at first I, was, I didn't tell the homies, oh, I'm going to get with this girl. I just was like kind of just scoping her out, you know, kind of just like checking out her style or whatnot, man, and... um. And then one thing led to another where we started talking and her little sister, which was a lot younger than us, maybe like three years younger. um, She was already active in the neighborhood. You know, I'm I'm talking about this little girl was like 13 years old, but she was like the middle person between me and her sister. You know what I mean? Cause um, I was being with one of these other girls that I I had been with for, you know, a lot of years prior and stuff. And um, so I get with this, I get with my wife at the time, you know what I mean? And um, at the time, we would always get together like we didn't become boyfriend and girlfriend right away. I just kind of like just hung out with her and then one day we just started scamming and stuff and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Or Let's go, all, baby
0: though, man. Let's go, homie Some Motherfucking hoodstocks, homie Say that one more time, bro Scamming, so homie we're kissing, ah! man for, the, for this new generation, man Why do man. I love that? What, that's just like a breath of fresh air This 2023, 20, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you ain't scamming, you ain't Dating your business, little homie <laughs> Bro, So anyways, go. me
2: and this girl, man and she, she had a so lot of scam. issues as well, man I ain't gonna put all her laundry out there, man But, um Um, She has a crazy testimony, too, man. But anyway, so listen, though. So, um, you know, when I start, you know, getting with her and stuff, it's always with all the homies. We were always a lot of homies, a lot of homegirls, man. And um, I was driving at the time. So I would always go pick them up. And and, uh, I had a truck, man. Well, it was actually my dad's truck, man. But uh, they would always like, I don't want you walking the street. Take the car. You know what I mean? So I'll take the truck. And back then, you remember, man, you were able to put 100 people behind the truck, and you know, it wasn't against the law, so man, I would pack the truck up, man, and um, I would have all the homeboys, all the homegirls in there, and we would go to party and party and stuff, and and, um, so we were always together with homies and stuff, and... um, that's the way it was, and um, I started getting busted when I was with her, but not long stretches. It would be like a couple of days, and I still had that mentality that man, I get away with everything. You know what I mean? Like I luck out all the time. You know what I mean? And because uh, I would never tell on myself, I'll never take no deals. I used to always say, "Man, you going? I'm going to the box with everything." Bro,
0: I, let me say this real quick, brother. Let bro, trucks back then you can have people in the back of the truck yep. ride legally. Let's think about that real quick. On the freeway, too, correct? Heck yeah. You'd be on the freeway, and there'd be dudes chilling in the back of a truck. How unsafe do we see that now in this era, bro? That is just, bro, that's freaking bananas, bro. They're going like 80 miles per hour (laughs) in a truck, and the dude's back there just hair blowing. Or if he got a bald head. I mean, that's just a different time, bro, in a different,
2: like... A different state of mind, yeah. brother. I uh, had a snug top though on the back of mine, so it was it was little protection, oh, little shit. protection, a little, little yeah. protection. Okay,
0: go ahead, brother. But it's just oh, really yeah. just like sometimes so, thinking about that, yeah, bro. It's so just-
2: me and me and her, you know, we, we were always together with the homies. It was never nothing like really me and her, you know. what I mean, it was always always homies around and stuff. And um, when I got out this one time, man, I was like, you know what, I I don't know how I got this revelation or whatnot, man, but um you know, we started talking about our future, you know, together. Me and her, we, I mean, she had been shot at with me, you know, me and her. Yeah, man. Like we, we were going through some stuff, man. And, and, um, I remember one time when we were talking about like grown up stuff, man, you know, we were like in bed, just chilling, you know what I mean? Just laying right there. And, um, we were talking about like, man, you know, like, cause I used to tell her too, man, you know, good chances. I'm going to die. You know what I mean? Like you need to understand who you're messing with. You know what I mean? And she knew, she knew. You know she knew the program and stuff and right when we're talking like my house is getting shot up i'm like i cover her i'm like dang you know this is what i'm talking about and um we continued with our grown-up talk i didn't call the cops cops didn't come and my house got shot up you know nobody got hit so we don't need no medical service or whatever you know they just added more holes to the house you know and we're talking we're talking and um and we start talking about grown-up stuff like about getting married and having kids and we need to do something. Like let let's let's get up out of here. You know what I mean? And it wasn't um, it was just a trip. The way because I know she had a lot of issues, a lot of pain, and a lot of stuff. And you know um, so what ends up happening is she ends up getting pregnant. I end up getting her pregnant, and um, the talks really got real. You know what I mean? And my family was all excited. My my mom, my dad, everybody, uh-huh. my sister, everybody was all excited. You know. Uh, here I am, the baby, about to have a baby. And um, they were excited. Her side, I mean, she tried to keep it a secret for a long time. You know what I mean? She she didn't tell her family for a while because her she, family is like hardcore she was Mexican girl. tradition. Not yeah. a good girl. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Her, totally opposite of that. Her family, um, she didn't get along with her mom. Her and her mom would be going at it. You know what I mean? And it, it her family, there was a lot what, of dysfunction. What I'm, what
0: I'm saying, though, bro, is regardless of what's going on, during that time yeah. she was raised with values so she knew that yeah. this was a situation right yeah. to bring to her family yeah. right she knew the right the wrong right that's all yeah. that's what i mean yeah. by kind of like the a, a good girl she was raised right now what she did with it might have been a little bit yeah. of different you yeah. know
2: it's, a, it's something down that line though but okay. she was she was like kind of afraid to present it you know yeah. what i mean and, uh, my family, we knew about it and we kept a secret, you know what I mean? And then, um, it was funny cause one day I, I, you know, I had my pager, you know, back then we didn't have cell phones. I had a pager and, um, me and the homies were going somewhere and she's blowing me up. So I said, I tell the homie, man, pull over. Let me call her. Let me make sure everything's okay. And, um, I call home. She said, man, come to my mom's house. You know, my parents want to talk to you. So I go over there and uh, her dad was a big old drunk at the time. Um, and um, he's drinking. He offers me a beer. My dad my my dad, my dad, and my mom met me there. She had called them, so they had met me there. So I was like, what the heck's going on right now? Is, you know, is this going to be an intervention or something? What's happening, you know? So the dad starts giving me his rundown. I never really talked to the dad, and the dad starts telling me, you know, so you got my daughter pregnant, and, you know, he's a little Mexican dude getting at me hard, though. You know, he probably had a few beers or whatever. And um, <laughs> And it was funny, though, man. It was funny because... <clears throat> He started just coming at me like strong looks, like. Yes. It was funny though because we're sure started, how to take it. Yeah, he he started telling me, you know, what am I going to do? And I'm telling him, yeah, you know, I'm I'm working and stuff and righteously. I started. I wasn't I wasn't sally no more nothing. I had righteously started doing some little um, part time jobs. It's a trip though because I took on this um, I took on this pizza job in the neighborhood. It was it was funny as heck. It was called Double Deal Pizza right in my audio. Right, it was. Brand new balloons And everything So I went in there And I asked him um, I said you guys are hiring huh And he's looking at me And I was like um, I was like yeah man And and all my homies Were outside They were outside Like where, where the pizza place was the, It was just like a, um, You couldn't sit in there Or nothing It was just like A pickup spot And um so my homies were outside, and he he starts telling me that he had just been robbed. You know what I mean? He said, we just opened, and this older gang member robbed me. It was one of my older homies, Dolphin, went in there and <laughs> robbed him or whatever. He said, if we hire you, will we be protected from them? I was like, yeah, heck yeah. Nobody ain't going to rob you if they know I'm working here. Like, nah, this is my neighborhood right here. And uh, he was say, okay, you're hired, right? Yeah. So That's I had fair. this, I and, and this is funny, man. I had this orange pinhole, 79 pinhole. It was orange, it had like wood panels. Anybody that was appointed during 88, 89, they know this orange panel. This panel was like the Batmobile, right? Because it was, man, I used to think that panel was bulletproof because man, the people shot at it so much and stuff, but it was like, it it, it was crazy. Look, I ain't lying, man. They, this dude, man, we w- rode up on this dude and he threw a big old log at the front windshield. And it just bounced off. And I was like, man, ain't nothing... And you know them pedals, man. Them Ford pedals. (laughs) (laughs) The fastest it would go was probably like 60 miles per hour. That was like... Really punching it, right? Yeah. And uh, man, that thing was so marked up, and here I am delivering. I mean, that pinel was marked, and I'm delivering pizza. And I had circled, I had circled the map, and I told the boss, "Look, at, this is all I could deliver. And all this other stuff, I can't go over there. I can't oh, go over shit. there." And it was so bad that I used to pick up one of my homies, man. I used to, because it was right in the neighborhood, so I would tell the homie, "Hey, come on, go with me. I got to go drop off this pizza." And I was delivering pizzas with a 380 <laughs> under under the box, like. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you order a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> hey, lucky! I'm telling you, man. I try oh, to go. I shit. try to go legit, bro. I try to go legit. And I tried my cool. hardest, Lord. <laughs> hey, it's funny though, because my homies will, will verify it, man. That they were laughing. They were like, <laughs> "Fool, how true. you gonna <laughs> go from selling rocks to delivering pizza? Fool, like what's wrong with you?" Oh, shit! That's and, not uh, your ordinary pizza, baby. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, man. Baby, a tip it was right homie like crazy. <laughs> But, yeah, man, me and this girl, Dahlia, man, my homegirl, we're we're talking about, you know, doing things. So I'm in front of her dad, and he starts telling me that if I'm not manning up, and, and, and trip off of this, because so, he was asking me, so are you going to work, or what are you going to do, you know? Or are you just going to stay a cholo, you know? He's telling me this, <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, I am working. He said, for now on, I I'm want working you. Cholo. <laughs> hey, he starts telling me now, like, okay, for now on, give me your checks. And I was like, what? You bumped your head. And my dad stepped in there. My dad was like, you know what? Go outside. Let me talk to him. <laughs> so I was like, all right. You know what I mean? So whatever my dad, I, I don't remember what my dad said or whatnot. not. probably but some gangster what, and shit. My like, dad like, ends homie, up, my, like,
0: I was in the jungles and I seen cats
2: <laughs> like you, homie. So my dad, <laughs> you know what I mean? they call me back in and uh, and we tell him, you know, we want to get married. We're young still. Damn. We're not even 18 yet. And we're talking about marriage. We're talking about marriage and, um. And yeah, we go to Las Vegas, man. Uh, she's <laughs> oh, she's shit. pregnant. She, this was January, February, March, April. She's three months pregnant. We go to Vegas, a gang of homies, a gang of homegirls. We caravan to Vegas. We go to this little gospel light chapel. Uh, I'm sorry. We go to this uh, light chapel in um, Circus Circus. We got married in Circus Circus. Damn. All of us were in there, man. It was crazy. It was crazy, man. And um. When we get back to the neighborhood, you know, um, my sister had offered me to go um, live with her. She was living in Monty, and she had an extra room. Well, actually, my niece was going to give up her room for us um, because they knew I was trying to change, you know what I mean? And they figured if I stood in the neighborhood, I was going to continue getting caught up. So my sister's telling me, like, just come over here, you know? And um, I ended up getting a job out there in Almani working in a molding company, and um, my wife was working at at a— at a fashion store or whatever. I think it was a fashion store. Let's
0: take a quick break real quick, brother. I apologize, brother.
2: Quick break, Frank. Check one, two, one, two. Let's go. I apologize to you guys about that.
0: Uh, uh, whatever's in the fr- refrigerator, bro. Thank you, dog. Um,
2: all right. So, yeah, man. Um, you so, know, you guys are working. She's got a job. You got a job. We're trying to save up. You know, at the time, you know, our goal was to get us a little apartment, man. Like I said, we started talking like grown-up talk, man, and trying to really do this. Well, and, you um, did.
0: It. You went to Vegas, bro. You got married. You got the families involved. All the homies went out the there. All the homies
2: were out there. They were happy for me, man. The homies were like, that's cool, dog, because, um... You know, like I said, Lucky, man, I, I was very active in the neighborhood, man. And, um, you know, my homies, you know, they, I had a lot of love for my homies, man. One thing about me and my homies is that, um, you know, I wasn't known for burning my homies. You know, if I came up, my homies came up, you know what I mean? If they needed somewhere to stay, I took them home with me. Like, come on, you know, like my mom was cool like that. My mom loved my homies. So shoot, they could come to my pad, you know what I mean? And um, I would always like, look out for them, you know, always. I always had that, like, that homie love because, I showed love to my homies. You know, like I said, I've always been a team player, man. My home, I'm, and, you know, Puente is a big neighborhood. And when I say home, I'm not talking about all of Puente, but my circle. My circle knew that, you know, I had your back no matter what, fool. You know, and if I seen they were down and out, shoot. And when I was coming up, you know, selling dope and stuff, I would hook up my homies like, come on, fool, let's go to Foot Locker. Let's go get you some new shoes. Let's go do this, whatnot. And I always looked out for my homies. So, you know, they showed some love, man, when I, you know, when I, was going this way i never said you know hey, hey i'm gonna you know leave the neighborhood or nothing like that because i was just a phone call away <clears throat> to you know going and putting in and work and my wife knew that though my wife knew that you know no matter we're trying to do all this other stuff my homies are first don't get that twisted you know what i mean i and um we would get in arguments because i would still you know i'd be like hey i gotta go you know homies you know homies kind of need something right now you know i gotta go and, um, you know, I was trying to do the grow ups in, but there was still a lot of attachments, you know what I mean? And, um, what happened is, um, I moved into El Monte with my sister. I'm out there, we're working, trying to save our money. She's getting more, you know, further along in the pregnancy and stuff. And, um, we got married in April, come July, I go to my mom's pad in Puente and, um, my homie Flacco that's there, we we decided to go because he stood there living at my pad. I mean, my homie, you know, they, like I said, he be he became like a brother to me, my homie Flacco. And um he was from Dial. And what happened is um, you know, he was there and I went back and we were like, let's go to 7 Eleven. There was a 7-Eleven right there by the neighborhood. I went over there and we went in, you know, buy some chips or whatnot, and we came out and um the sheriffs rode up and um they were like uh Put your hands on the car and stuff. And we're like, what? You know, like, what's this about, you know? So we do it. They ask for any ID. Let me see your ID and whatever. I had mine. So here you go. You know, I don't got no warrants or nothing. I'm figuring, you know, there ain't nothing to run from, you know, here. And um, I didn't recognize them. You know, they weren't the gang unit. They were the regular sheriffs. And um, and, um, and they go run my name. They go run our ID cards and stuff. And then when they came back, the fool drew down on me. He just pulled out and drew down on me. I'm like, damn, Like, what's up? And he said yeah there's a warrant for your arrest man for a 187 and i'm like what i'm like here we go man but i wasn't like uh, I, but trust me i wasn't shooken up because they had priors of picking up homies and trying to fish and trying to you know squeeze out whatever they can so i'm like man these fools man you know what i mean so they take me in i'm in the substation lucky i'm right there i'm it's it's like two in the morning um, Before they came They just had me there man Before they told me All they told me Is that I had a warrant For my arrest You know And then I'm like Dang man You know And I, I'm in the substation I'm right there uh, I couldn't sleep I'm just right there And finally the gang unit Come and they pull me out You know Take me to the interview room and I'm like, man, what's up, man? And, you know, and, and I knew Gang Unit, you know what I mean? And they're talking, they're talking to me like they're friends, like, hey, Jojo, man, congratulations. Heard you got married. You're gonna have a baby. And, and they're talking to me all like all cool and stuff. I'm like, man, miss me with that, man. What are you talking? Like, why'd you guys pick me up for, man? And he starts telling me it wasn't us, you know, it was um the DA uh Pomona DA picked up. Um, he's refiling your case from two years ago. I was like, what? I beat that case. And he's like, no, you had a DA reject. And I, you know, I don't know the legal terminology. I thought I beat that case. I'm out, and I didn't know that they they refiled on me. They reopened that old case, uh, to where the girls were in the truck and all that whole situation. They refiled on me, and when they told me what it was finally about, I was like, "Oh man, I ain't worried about this case. There ain't no witnesses, you know. Like I'm, I'm good, you know." And um, I didn't tell you this, lucky, but um, when I was in juvenile hall. The dude, that, the dude that got busted with me, the other crime, the one that went to the Holiday Inn, right? I seen him. I got sent to the box. I got sent to the whole, yeah, the box. That's what they call it, the box. The whole, I got into a fight. I'm in the box. I see this dude right across from me in the other room, right? The, the room right across. And I'm like, what the heck? I was like, what's up, fool? And um, I started telling him about his paperwork. I said, man, you're a rat, fool. Like, why? how you gonna rat on me, man? What's wrong with you? And I'm telling him, like, you know, I'm telling him, like, man, what's wrong with you? And I, at the time, when I got busted, my first phone call, I didn't even call home. Lucky, you know who I called? I called my other crime partner. I told him, hey, fool, they came and picked me up. They're probably looking for you because he wasn't staying in Puente. He was out in Las Vegas. And I told him, I was like, hey, fool, these fools came and got me, you know. And um, and then he jammed. He ran. You know what I mean? He eventually ended up getting busted, but he ended up running. And um, so what ha- happens is um, I'm talking to that rat you know, that's across from me. And he said, don't worry. I got us into this mess. I'm going to get us out of it. And I didn't know what that meant. This was the first time. Like you go back to 89 when we were going, um, still fighting the fitness hearing to be an adult. This was back then. This
1: conversation
2: so, so what he said though, it was that when he was telling me, I got us into this, I'm going to get us out of it. And I'm telling the man, how you going to get us out of this or whatever. I didn't know his game plan, but he ended up going to Mexico. He he jammed, you know, he jammed to Mexico and um, so this time around, I'm thinking like, man, this fool ain't going to come. He didn't show up last time to testify. He ain't going to come this time. And that was their only witness. You know, that was their key witness. So long story short, I had an attorney. I told him, man, we need to have a speeding trial, man. We need to get this done quick because I got a baby on the way. I just got married, man. I got a job, this and that. And he said, all right, let's 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 do it. You know what I mean? When we go to court, we're going to ask for we want to speed this process up. And um, that's what he did. And um, I, and so when I'm busted again, I'm telling my wife, like, hey, babe, this don't have, like, this was before you, you know, before I got you pregnant and all that. Because she was like, what the hell? You know, and I'm like, babe, you know, I've been doing good. There, this is from 89, you know. And she was like, man, well, are you going to beat it? I'm like, I'm going to beat this. Don't trip. I'll be home before the baby's born. Like, I'm like, I'm having all this confidence. Lucky that I'm going to beat this. So I end up going on, we end up going through the whole procedure again. We want a speedy trial. So we get to that phase. You know, at this time I'm in LA County jail now, you know, I was getting ready to turn 18. I was 17. I went to central and then they end up um, one day. They told me pack my stuff, you know, I'm leaving. And I was like, what, where am I going? Shoot. They took me straight to the County. And um, so I'm there and I'm, I'm I'm like trying to lay low profile. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to get caught up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of like, You know, I'm I'm still with the program, but I ain't volunteering nothing. I'm just like just how how
0: is how is easy is that to do in this time we're talking? What year are we talking?
2: Uh, This was now ninety, the ending of ninety, the ending of ninety, ending of ninety, bro. No, no, actually, no, early ninety one. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, ninety one. And the shit is crazy, right? It is, it is. The shit
0: is crazy, bro. Like you, like kids, cats. I won't say kids. I'll have respect, but cats that have gone through the county system. 2020 23 22 I'm sorry um and in recent time bro it's not like, like it was yeah, back not then, like 9500 that no. was a whole yeah. different Like I went in the county in ninety five for my first time, eighteen years old, bro. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, damn, this is everything these motherfuckers said it was. And some, you know what I mean? I was like, God damn it, ninety five hundred motherfuckers smoking crack with sheets and bunks and this and that, bro, and motherfuckers getting their shoes taken, dog. Like, homie, this shit was lit, bro. This shit was crazy. So for you to hear someone say, Hey, I I man, I
2: was just trying to lay low. Like I was thinking in my head, like I got a little piece of it, bro. How do you lay low, bro? when i get when I get to the rest of this part of my story, you're gonna see the difference. So when I say low is like I'm not volunteering. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just trying just do what I have to do. You know what I mean? If anything occurs during you know the routine of trying to get to this trial, then I'll do it, you know what I mean? I'm gonna take care of my business, whatnot. And I'm I'm trying to maneuver through all of this stuff, you know what I mean. And then um, I start my trial. They put me up in 3600. I'm on a trial module with all everyone fighting life or the death penalty. We're all right there in 3600, Able row. And um, every day I'm going to court. You know, I I get a suit and everything. You know, it's trying to look, you know, um, you know, trying to not look all crazy. You know, for the jury, we're starting to pick jury. We pick the jury and everything. And next thing I know is that um. All the witnesses came and nobody identified me, nobody, nobody identified me. Even the girl that was in the backseat, everybody would say, no, nah, you know, it was a long time ago. I don't remember. I, I, no, nah, I don't think that was him. You know, this and that, blah, 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 blah. So the very I'm excited. Look, I'm going to trial. I'm going to trial, man. I picked the jury and everything. We're going already. All the witnesses are coming. And I'm in trial for like almost a month, man, almost a month. I'm in trial. And that stuff gets wore out going every day, every day. I was getting ready to say, man, I'm guilty already. Just sent me to stay. Yeah. I'm tired of this county jail. Really you know wear what I mean? Out, yeah, because, you know, especially when you're going to trial, they take you early and you stay till the last bus. You know what I mean? And shoot, it was it was very tiring, and especially on the road I'm at. And so, so. Every day I'd come back and I'm telling all, all the fellas on the row, I'm like, yeah, man, another witness came, did I identify me? And everybody's like, man, you're going to go home, fool. You're going to go home. I said, I know I am, man. I just got to just, you know, wait this out, though. So the last trial, the last, I mean, the last, uh, the last witness, I'm like, okay, what, what, who else is coming? My crying partner comes through with the green jackets with the with the gang unit. They're escorting him in and he's mad dogging me like I'm testifying against him. I'm like, what part of the game is this? You know what I mean? And um <laughs> he's coming in and he's mobbing. He's mobbing to the stand, you know what I mean? And I'm looking at him like, okay, well I don't know why he's mad, you know what I mean?
0: Why is he so, coming in like a gangster?
2: Yeah, so yeah. he comes in and he takes the stand and 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 um the gang units right there and they're like they're they're looking at me and I'm looking at him. So he starts testifying, man. He 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 says everything, everything that happens and some and my attorney starts to, you know, cross examine him and he says that the only reason he's like but- Weren't you living with Jojo? Weren't you like brothers with Jojo and stuff? And is he, is he, this he, the dude that went to Mexico or the dude that yeah, was... Yeah, okay. the dude that went to Mexico. Okay. Okay, the other one, my other crime, he's Did still you... missing. He's, he, you know, because I gave him that heads up. So he's gone. You yeah, know what I mean? Okay. So so I'm, I'm going through this one by myself. Last time it was me and him handcuffed together the whole time. Yeah. But this time he's not there with me. I'm, I'm by myself. And um, I'm going through this trial and he, he goes on stand and uh, my attorney's cross-examining him. And like, so... You know, were you pressured by the cops to say what you're what you're about to say now and what you've said and this and that? And and the, the guy says the only reason why he was testifying against me now is because I put a hit on his family. And I was like, Man, like I'm looking at him, I'm like, I, I loved his family, man. I, I didn't do that, but what happened is when it first happened, um, my homies went over there and, and shot up his pad. You know, well, they seen him and they he ran into the house and they were dumping on him as he was running in. And it I guess his mom was in the house or whatever, so that was his legit reasons for coming and testifying again. He's on the stand and he's mad dogging me and crying at the same time. And I'm like, Like what? Like, how how are you feeling bad about what you're doing to me right now? And uh once that happened, Lucky, it was a rap. It was a rap, you know, cause I kinda felt like remember when my nephew died, I told you there was a new evil birth in me, man, and I had ran with that guilt and that shame and everything, and I had took that load that it was it was God's fault that that happened, and I, I and I had held on to that for a long. But when I got with my wife, a little bit of that was uplifted, and me and her, you know, besides working and you know trying to do us, you know, we started going to church, man. We started going to Catholic church, and um, you know, we would we would say our prayers together or whatnot, man. Just trying to do something different. Just I was trying to get rid of that 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 pain and kind of like heal, yeah, trying to heal from that hurt from my nephew. And uh, when I went back, when I went back that night, lucky. I knew it was a wrap. I knew it was a wrap. I went back. I shaved my head. I had let my hair grow a little bit. Shaved my head, and I put that mask back on. Man, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. I I knew I was done. I knew it
0: after his uh, after his his testimony. testimony. Yeah,
2: I knew I was done. Wow. And 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 I got rid of that suit. I told my I don't need that suit. I'm going back because
0: you're sitting in a courtroom. You're sitting in a courtroom, bro. Yep. Handcuffed while this dude. And you and you and you're just watching everybody, right? At this point in time, I mean, you you know how to uh, read your surroundings, right? Yeah. And you're like, man, this dude is fucking hanging me, like yep. everything. And you're, and you so you you before they even said anything, you already I already knew, knew.
2: I knew it was a rap, Lucky. I knew it was a rap and trip off of this. So that day, that day was it that day, or was it the day I was being? No, no, no. The day I got found guilty. So, anyways that's going on he was the last witness it took him a day it took him a day to come back with the guilty verdict my son my daughter remember my wife was pregnant yeah she has the baby that day the wow. day the day that i got <clears throat> found guilty my wife's having the baby i go back i yeah. go to the roof you know i go to the to the roof of the county where they used to let us go out to yard and i go out there and i call and they they're they're calling on three ways to the, to the hospital you know for me to talk and so they said you had a boy ooh, like you know your son's born and I was like, shoot, man, here I am, man. I'm done, you know. So
0: the day you were sentenced to life.
2: No, no, the day I was found guilty. I the, hadn't been the, sentenced. Okay,
0: yet. so the day you were found guilty, which is basically a sentencing, correct? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's sealing the deal. There's after after this court date, doesn't matter how many more court dates you go to, yeah. the, the 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. You've been found guilty, right? I mean, so yep. you from that point on, you start serving a life sentence. Yeah. Not, not when you're fucking convicted, right? Yeah. You know. But that, bro, to have those two things happen on the same day, brother, you know that yeah. that is just like yeah. getting struck by lightning, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. You got struck by lightning,
2: bro. So let me just speed up, man, because this is this this is the the kicker right here. So I'm in there, man, and uh, I go back and I tell everybody what happened, and everybody's just like sad for me. They're like, "What?" When I told them, you know, that's it, man. You know, like it's done. They're like, "Nah, they still gotta find you guilty though, man." And uh, I'm I'm telling. My bunkie man, I mean one of my crimes, man, Malone from Hazard. He's, he's like he's like sad. He's in there with double murder and uh, he's sad man. And he's like breaks down for me man. And um, he sees me just going through it and 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 me and him have been really really tight. And here we are man. And he's like man dog. Like I thought you were going home fool. Like I thought you were going home.
0: And um, let me ask you this. Hold on. I gotta stop. I gotta stop it right now. Bro. Mm-hmm. Check it out, bro. How crazy are we? We sit crazy. (laughs) How crazy are we, bro? How crazy are we to be fighting a murder and feeling sad for another man that's being uh, convicted of a murder? I got to play the devil's advocate, bro, because we got all walks of life to walk this podcast, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And sometimes we might sound like really fucking crazy motherfuckers, but you don't know it until you really walk that life and you experience it and you understand the dynamics of, of the game, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? But but when we talk about feeling sad, this and that, well, there's going to be someone on the other side saying, "Well, what about the victims?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, how yeah. sad are you really? Yep. You know, and so, and so I got I got to put this in, into the into play as well, brother. You know, what I mean, because you know, I'm sure down as we get further in your story, you're gonna reevaluate you're thinking, your thinking, yep. your 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 yep. wiring, your thought process. But go ahead, bro.
2: Yeah, let me let me speed this up, man, because it's going kind of long. And time's flying by. Hanging out with you, lucky man. Time flies. I, know, I was like, man. damn, what time is it? But anyways, yeah. So, um, yeah, my whole demeanor, man, that whole evil from when my nephew died was just like that mask was back on, man. That heart was just uplifted. I'm like, I'm like a monster now, man. I ain't even been sentenced yet, but I already know. I already know. You know, the it, it's a wrap. You know, they they found me guilty. You know, that's it. I'm just waiting to go back for sentencing now which I know is going to be a life term, you know? So I, from that day forward, man, I start raising my hand for everything. Like all the gangster in me came back and I'm like, you know, forget the married life. Actually, I, um, was it at this time or was it when I actually got found? I think it was, um, I think it was during this time. I had told my wife, you know what? That's it. We're done. You know, I I stopped going to visits. I would cancel my visits. They would come pull me out and I wouldn't go. My mom would come. I'm like, you know, what? I don't want nothing to do with the outside world no more. I was just like, my mind was just shut down on outside for real. It's like, I didn't want nothing to do with nothing out there no more. All I want to do is now, you know, this is my world. I'm going to start earning my bones. You know, that's, that's the way it is. You know, I understood that, you know, I was young. I was going to have all this time. I knew I was going to have all this time. So nothing really mattered to me. So I was like the first to raise my hand for everything. And um, yeah, I was that monster in me came back quick and in a hurry, and um, it was a trip though, man, because it was as if I just, I just went on a good one though, you know what I mean? And I, I'm shoot, I'm lucky I didn't catch some green lights on me because I was like just taking stuff personal, just doing things just out of line, just you know, I was just blasting people just because, you know what I mean? It was just like. I was just mad and man, man, it all goes back to my dad. You know, I, I didn't know, and especially in there, you know, there ain't nobody I'm going to confess no feelings to. Like how I feel that, man, I was trying to do good. And I'm, I'm pissed off at God again because I'm like, here I am trying to do good. I'm not selling dope. I'm not out there shooting nobody, doing none of that. Here I am trying to live the good life, the innocent life, trying to be a taxpayer, you know, do do my, you know, do my life the right way. And here I am, like it was just snatched from me, man. Like it, it was like God took my breath, and here I am in this county jail now, man. And I just, you know, I started getting involved with, you know, with everything possible. And um, there was this, uh, there was this um, homie that came through. That um, it was an older gentleman and um, a couple of my homies. Like, hey, older, man, like, get, you know, you want to get close to this dude right here? And I was like, what? And um. And um, I didn't, you know, r- let me remind you, I'm just juvenile hall political. I don't know. I don't know too much about stuff. You know, I hear about big homies. I hear about this and that. Um, but they're like, you need to get close to a homie right there, man. You know, if you're going to spend the rest of your life in here, like this homie slid under the radar, was there. And um, he took a liking to me, man. And um, he started schooling me, like all the stupid stuff. He was like, yeah, don't do all that. You know what I mean? But it was like some other stuff, like took me on a whole different mission. I was sharing it earlier with these guys that, um. You know, something came from Colorado, man, from the feds, you know, and, uh, you know, I ended up, you know, picking up that kite to take care of some stuff and we didn't know what he looked like or anything like that. And I said, all we knew, all we knew is that he was going to pill call in the morning and this was his real name. Didn't know what he looked like or anything. Didn't, didn't didn't know nothing but his real name and that he was going to pill call. How they got that information, I don't know. So I ended up going to pill call and, um, I, this is when I started upping my, my manipulation tools, you know what I mean? For the cause and, um. I started asking um only, I'm like, hey, aren't you from Palm bon Park? Ain't you on oh, such and such? You're like, nah, I was like, yeah, you are. So I, he was like, nah, that ain't me. I said, hey, let me see your wristband. Uh, confirmed. That's him. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Didn't know it. Nothing. You know what I mean? Go back, yup, I, I I know what he looks like. I know who he is, you know. And then, you know, the job is offered, you know what I mean? And you do what you gotta do. And um and that was me, man. And a lot of times I was getting so caught up in stuff, man, and I didn't I wasn't checking nobody's favor. If if homie was saying homie was no good and he needed to be hit, I was hitting. You know, I wasn't validating on no paperwork. I was just going and do, doing what I had to do. And then one of the homies told me, uh, there was a homie there, and um, he tells me, um, he says, "Don't do this one, man. That's that's a personal thing. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna get like you're gonna get caught up. Don't like don't do this one. You know what I mean? And um, that's when I started thinking, like, dang, you know, I'm in here acting a fool. And then uh, they transferred me from the county jail. They transferred me to Medium North after court. Every time I'd go to court, they sent me to Medium North waiting to be sentenced. And um, while I was in Medium North, um, I, ended up, um, I ended up blasting this dude, right? And um, I ended up getting identified, you know, not from him because I know he did. I know he couldn't have recovered that quick because we, we got him really good. So somebody said it was me. So they ended up putting me in E-Row right there in Medium North. I was in Module 3. And uh, I go to sergeant's court, you know, and um, he sentenced me. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it was. like three hundred days or something in 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 the hole right there. And while I was in there, lucky, something happened, man. That um, I mean, it's it's hard to explain, you know, or hard to give a visual to it. But what happened, look, is that. I had just blasted this dude, man, you know, and um, I'm in there and I'm like, you know, no big thing. You know, I've been back here before, been to sergeant's court before, you know, normal routine. Um, no big deal. You know, I knew the D.A. wasn't going to pick it up. The D.A. never picked up any stickings because they they already knew I had life. You know, no matter what they gave me, it wasn't going to, you know, as long as he didn't die or whatever, I guess, you know, I wasn't going to be charged with no death penalty or nothing. So um, I sentenced to 300 days or whatever in the hole. And uh, while I was in there, um I got a letter from my mom and telling me that she was you know she was stressed out this and that, and um what happened is um it's 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 crazy because I had I had this moment lucky where everything hit me that, you know what? My mom's gonna die while I'm in here, my pop's going to die. Some other homies going to raise my kid. Some other dudes going to get with my wife. You know I, know, I know the get down. You know, like, it's like, this is me now. You know, everything I knew out there is done. And what happens, though, look, is that um, I end up getting pissed off, man. And I start blaming God for everything, man. I start I start having this moment. I'm by myself, you know what I mean? So I don't got to say face. I, I'm just, I don't know if I was having a mental breakdown or what was going on. But what happened is um, I started, um... I was just mad. I was mad. I was, but, and I just, just everything was clicking, man. And I ended up having this breakdown, man, where I started punching the walls, man. And I was just like, oh, just hating life, man. Like, damn. I, like, this is the rest of my life in here. And what happened is, um, were
0: you mad at yourself or you are mad at God?
2: I was mad at God. I was mad at myself. I got the guilt started eating me again of my nephew. I started thinking about, like, just everything, the way I endangered my mom, my my family, you know, they, they had got shot at it. You know, gang of things, you know, just everything just You feel like up. the
0: biggest piece of shit in the world.
2: I did, man, and I felt like, man, why can't I just die already, God? You know what I mean? But, I, I you know, I never had no uh, suicidal tendencies where I wanted to take myself out, but I wanted the cops to take me out. I wanted to go out on the yard, blast and let them just shoot me. You know what I mean? That That's like... I was tired, man. I was tired already. And like I said, man, I had started getting in a lot of trouble early, man. And um here I am and it's like, shoot, life is real. Like this is real. Like I'm never getting out of here. And what happened is that when I had this little, you know, tantrum, I would say, cussing out God and blaming them for everything and punching the walls. And um I ended up going I ended up going to bed, man, um, puffy eyed. I was in there crying. I didn't have to save face from nobody, you know, nobody was going to see me. None of the homies were gonna see me, you know. They come deliver the food, everything. And I had 300 days, you know, to clean up my face before then. You know what I mean? So I'm in there, man. I wake up. I wake up lucky. And I, I something happened, man, where I just fell on my knees. And I asked God to forgive me. And I was like, God, if you're real, man, I just need you to change this heart, man. Because this heart, I, like, it's just evil, man. I just, like, I just hate. And I just, man, I, I hated myself at the time more, more than anybody and what happens, I mean, the Virgin Mary didn't show up. I didn't hear no thunder. I didn't see no bright lights. I didn't have no, you know, spiritual moment that, that, you know, I could visualize. But I felt something in my heart like I was being forgiven. And it was a trip. And um, trip out on this. You know, when you're in the hole, man, you know, you count bricks and you play with ants. You know, you get lucky, get a Freeway Freddy in there. and. You know, you, you, you're you bored in there. You know, I used to roll up my socks and turn it into a ball and just play. And one day, man, I looked between the bunk, man, and um, I found this Bible track. I found this Bible track that talked about the love of God. And I read it, and I got mad, and I crumbled it. And instead of flushing it, I just threw it right there in the corner. And then I picked it up again and was reading it again. And I was like, man, God, like, like I know you love me, but, I, but this is my, like, can you do with my life you know what i mean that's what i pretty much i was like i'm done you know what i mean like i'm done and um i did like i said you know and uh, it's a trip because you know i've talked about god and my mom used to make me go to catholic church and i did i did my holy communion and um i did you know um catechism i did all that but i never had a relationship with god but i knew that there was a god i always believed there was a god i just didn't know him personally I didn't know much, anything about Jesus Christ. I just knew that there was a God. And I'm reading this Bible track, and I'm getting mad all over again. Like, man, I kind of felt like God was forgiving me, but now I'm feeling mad because it's talking about how much he loves me. But I, like, I don't feel loved. What scripture? Do you remember what scripture was? Uh, I believe it was John 3, 3 about being born again, you know? And um, it
0: was was a page that was stuck. It
2: it, it was, no, no, it wasn't a Bible page. It was a Bible track. It what was is just, a Bible track,
0: brother. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just oh, like a little Oh, the, the cardboard thing. It's the, not a
2: cardboard, just a paper. It was just like a Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, yeah, yeah. Like there you go. Track. There you thing. go. Yeah. So I crumbled it and threw it away, but I wouldn't get rid of it. I kept on reading it. So, long story short, like I said, I prayed and I asked God, man, to forgive me. You know, if you're real, change this heart. And like I said, I didn't have no right revelations or nothing. So, after my, my time up in there, they shoot me back <coughs> to B Dorm. And when I go back, the homies have a package for me. They're like, "Yeah, you know, this is for you for now." Blah blah blah. You know, don't take your shoes off just yet, though. We're about to get down. You know, at the time, the so, homies were going at it with the ficsus for whatever reason. Like I just got out. This is back in the county jail. This is back, no, no, no. This is in um, Medium North. Medium North. I'm in yeah. Medium North. Yeah. And I'm in Module Three. And then Way what? Sad. Yeah. So what happens is, um, um, I barely get there, man, and they're identifying my next victim already. As soon as I get there, lucky, I'm barely coming in with my mattress. All I wanted to do was take a shower and, you know, get comfortable. As soon as I walk in, they're already telling me who my next victim is. And I'm like, what the? Like, man, God, like, here I go again. You know what I mean? And um, I was like, all right. I said, hey, I need to take a shower, though. They were like, all right, take homie with you, though. You know, because it, it might jump off any minute right now. It's hot, like, with these spices. And, um... And I'm like, shoot, man, here I go. You know what I mean? And the it's a trip, though, because I'm in the shower in the medium north. You know, the shower, the, the wall is real low. So you could see out, you know, while you're showering. I'm showering right there. And the homie's there. And um, the cops come in, man, and I'm showering and I'm looking. And they take the guy that I'm supposed to hit, yeah. the next victim. They're already, they're taking him out. Yeah. And I'm like, I think this was like my first prayer. I was like, man, thank you, God. You know, right, like, man. shoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um. so what happens is uh i get out of the shower i go to my bunk you know what i mean and uh, the homies tell me hey tomorrow we're going to move you over here we're going to move you over to our section because i was like kind of like in the black section they were like we're going to get you moved tomorrow let the ceo come in tomorrow we'll move you don't trip you know and i was like all right you know no big thing you know so uh the next day he comes and they um they're telling me yeah you're going to move right now just so you know though you're going to bunk up with a christian but he's cool and i was like what and they're like, yeah, you're gonna go over there. He's cool though, man. He's a homie. He's a Christian though. He does, a, he does, a, you know, church stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Quick break. Quick break. Quick break. Yes.
1: Uh, I apologize again.
0: Um, so you're uh you're getting bugged up with a Christian.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy, um, sh- shout out, his name's Gabriel Osito from Thepa. If anybody knows him out there, man, talent, get at me, man. I lost contact with him many years ago, but uh, let me tell you about this guy, though, man. So um, he never preached to me. He never did. You know what I mean? He was he was a big homie. He had did some YA time. You know when we had weights and everybody was big back then. You know what I mean? And um. He would walk with his Bible, man, and go do his thing and stuff. And um homies were cool with him. They were like, yeah, he's 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 the real deal. He's cool. You know what I mean? Like don't trip off him. So, anyways, um I'm there with him, but he wouldn't really talk. He would just say like good morning, whatnot, and that was it, you know. And then he would go do his Bible study and, you know, just left me alone. Let me do my thing, you know. I'm in there gambling. At that time, you know, I was like really like coming up gambling, man. I used to play a lot of blackjack and stuff, and um I used to get mad when them Christians would be seeing, I'd be losing, man, having a bad day. And I'm like, man, somebody go shut them fools up, man. Like, dang, they over there singing Amazing Grace and stuff. But it's, it's like, it's bothering me. For real, it's like bothering me. And I'm like, man, they're like jinxing me, man. I, you know, like, I'm not hitting right now. I'm about to kick off a riot again, you know, uh, over this blackjack. You know, back then, though, we weren't allowed to gamble against one another. We used to take the blacks' money, you know what I mean? I mean, that was the get down. And um, I'm getting mad so uh anyways though that's just a little bit about you know them christians at that moment and um i'm i'm in there gambling i'm doing what i'm doing and stuff and one day i call um at this time i call i call the pad i call the pad and um my wife she's crying and she's telling me that my homeboy bugsy had just been killed and um uh bugsy was a cool homie of mine's man and I i was really mad because you know who they said killed him and um I started banging the phone, man. You know what I mean? The phones, there's like six phones or five phones or something all in the back wall. And I started banging the phone, man. And the homies came and got me like, what's up, fool? Like, what's wrong? And I was like, man, get away from me, man. Leave me alone. And uh, I told my wife, like, man, I'll talk to you later, man. I'm going, I'm jamming, you know what I mean? And um, I go back to my bunk, man. And I'm just like hot and I'm thinking, like, man, there's one of these fools here. And I told you, I used to do some stupid stuff in there. And I was like, man, there's one of them. There's, you know, a dude from the neighborhood that's here. You know what I mean? Like, not in my dorm. But in another dorm, but in the same module, and I was like, man, I'm going to get this fool, you know, and I'm up there and I'm hot. This is the first time Gabriel comes and actually has a conversation with me. And he he comes at me sideways, I felt like, because he comes and tells me, man, the only one that's going to get rid of that rage in your life is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I I jumped off my bed and I was like, man, you don't even know me, fool. What do you mean? You know, how you going to come get at me like that? You don't even know what I'm going through right now, man. They killed my homie and I'm like getting at him. And he's just like peaceful, man. And um, he's just telling me, man, he said, the only one that's going to get rid of that rage in your life, the only way you're going to have peace in your life is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm like, man, dude, you don't even know me, man. You know, like, shoot, I'm, I'm doing life and man and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like justifying my anger and my rage and stuff. And um, that little talk lucky, I, I, I don't know if it was around 7 o'clock, I don't, you know, it's hard to tell time in there, especially in there, you know, everything's just you know, you don't, I don't know what time it was, but um, all I know is that about 4 hours later they turned off the lights and we were still talking, and he was just going on one and talking and um, started hitting me with these questions about, you believe in God? And I was like, yeah, I believe in God, you know what I mean? And he said, he started telling me that, you know, believing ain't good enough and I was like, what are you talking about, dude? And he he ended up leading me, you know, to the scriptures that talk about even if the demons believe and tremble and started telling me this and started telling me how somebody needs to be born again. And, you know, at this time, I'm thinking about that prayer I did when I was in the hole asking God to forgive me and whatnot. And I'm I'm, I'm hearing them and, and I'm, I'm feeling at peace with them. And um, I'm, there was this moment, man, where. I just kind of felt the burden like being lifted by what he was telling me. And he said, God loves you, bro. God loves you. And I'm listening. I'm thinking about that track again. And I started having like a little, uh little flashback in my neighborhood. You know, the original victory outreach was in La Puente and they used to do a lot of outreachings in my neighborhood. And I would never disrespect them. I'm like, you know, I would hear them and stuff, but I wouldn't let them pray with me or too much. You know what I mean? I don't know if it was pride or I was just like, man, I got to go, you know, whatnot. But, um, um i remember them always telling me stuff and i started remembering like some of the stuff they were telling me like i was having a flashback and also calvary chapel they would be in the neighborhood preaching to us and stuff and um but i never made no open acknowledgement or never went to church when they invited us or nothing but i started thinking about all of them and um gabriel man he starts um telling me that um he said, you run around here all crazy all the time, man, and you sleep with your shoes on. Every- I see you, man. You don't even take your shoes off, man, you know, and um, that used to be the thing back then. You know, we, we a lot of us were called like little Ninja Turtles because middle of the morning we would jump off and go, you know, victimize, you know, somebody or whatnot and jump back in bed or and uh, I wouldn't take off my shoes. You know, we, we slept with our shoes on. It wasn't that they were going to steal them, but it was because we were active, you know. A lot of times stuff jump off. In medium north, it's a dorm, so things would jump off in the middle of the morning. And, you know, shoot, I had almost got killed in there one time because um, I they they knocked over a coffee pot, man. And they were dragging me out t- outside to the Sally Port, man. If it wasn't for one of the homies grabbing me and pulling me, man, I was getting drugged outside. And, and I don't know if you've been to medium north, but when that back door closes, when the yard's is open, it closes. You can't open it, you know what I mean? The only one that could open is cops. And these guys, the blacks, were all running out to the back. They were out there in the sally port while everybody—that's just the way it was getting down. They were dragging me, and I was like, "Dang, you know," because I slipped on water. So that was one—you know—one of the reasons why we always had our shoes on because anything could happen at any moment. And um, here I am talking to, to Gabriel, and um, he leaves me—he leaves me in a sinner's prayer, lucky. And um, I didn't know what I was doing. He just told me, "Man, if you were to die tonight, man, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you would spend eternity?" And I told him, yeah, I'm going to heaven because I believe in God. And he kept on telling me, man, that's not good enough. You need to be born again. You know, you need to say this prayer, asking Jesus into your life. And I was like, what? So I said, yeah, I'll say it. I believe in Jesus, you know, like, shoot, I'll say it. And I said, it. I said it like unconsciously, like knowing the effect or knowing the commitment, knowing, you know, what else was supposed to play out after this. I didn't know. I wasn't brought up in no Christian church or nothing. But I said the prayer with him, he, you know, he, he led and I followed, I said, you know, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. You know, I confess my sins to you. Uh, I ask you to forgive me. And, um, and that was it. He hugged me. He was excited. And I was just like, okay, you know, I said some words or whatnot, but I meant it in my heart what I was saying. Yeah. And that night, lucky I went to bed like, and I took my shoes off and I, I felt such a peace in my heart such a peace, like never before I felt like the presence of God, like in everything that I had heard about God at that very moment, it felt like God had became true to me. Like it was no longer just like head knowledge or hearsay. It was as if he saved me that night. I like, I was forgiven. And um, I ended up going to sleep like a baby that I, man, I went to sleep and I woke up early and in- before anybody and I'm sitting at the edge of the bed and I'm looking around and I remember med call came, you know, they came early in the morning to give, you know, people medication and, um, they barely turned on a couple of lights and I'm right there sitting there. Like, what did I do? What the heck just happened? You know, what, what, what is that? Like, am I losing my mind or what, what the heck's going on? And, um, when, People finally woke up, and, you know, we went to Chow, and, and um, I came back, and I talked to one of my homies, man. I had an older homie named Folsom Ray. That's what they called him. His name was Ray, but he was a regular in the county, older cat, you know, been in and out, you know. I guess he did a lot of years in Folsom and grabbed that handle. His name was Folsom Ray. That's what they would call him. You know, all the homies, all the regulars, they knew him as Folsom Ray. He had a lot of say-so in there, and um, I went to him because at the time, I had two ice picks on Righteous, like Righteous Ice Picks, not like mop handles or nothing, like there was this, there was this, um, one of the volunteers that used to come in with the blue shirts and you know change light bulbs and stuff. Hey, you know he was the connection and he gave he gives me I have these two ice picks because you know I was one of the gunners, man. I, I'm one of the torpedoes, so I'm like strapped. And um, I go tell my homie Ray. I, he raised from Puente, and I tell him I said, hey homie, I said um, hold on to these, man. I don't know what's going on with me right now, man. And he's like, what? What you mean? What you tripping on, fool? And I was like, man, yesterday I said a prayer with homeboy, man, and um, uh, I asked the Lord into my life, and he said that's a good thing, man, you know. And I was like tripped out the way he responded to it, and um, he said, man, he said, Shh. he said, I wish I was as strong as you are to, you know, make that commitment. I'm like, well, folks right, baby. I'm like, I don't even know the Let's commitment. Go. And he shows me the little brown only Bible. A,
0: only an OG that been through the shit back then can really give you that, like. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, go. So he, yeah.
2: he he has that little brown Bible and he said, Man, this is man, I, I believe in this, man, but I can't make I can't make that decision like you did. Yeah. And um I was still tripping though, and he said, That's good, man. And I told him, man, he's inviting me to the chapel service. And um he said, Go, man. Don't worry about nothing. Just go. And I was like, shoot, Ray's giving me the okay to go, you know? And I uh, I don't know what I'm looking for. Um, lucky I don't know what's happening to me man I don't know if I'm getting I'm like what's going on with me man what what the heck is happening right now you know what I mean and um, and then I ended up talking you know I ended up talking to uh, remember I told you about that older guy that had slipped through and stuff and um, he like hugged me and told me you know what he said we have a lot of other stupid fools in here that we could use don't worry about it go do what you gotta do uh, he said, we got a lot of other stupid fools that will do, you know, what you've been doing. Don't trip. Like, go over there. But he did but, but he his, gave me these words though. Lucky. Those are the
0: those are the words that he said. Yeah. But in actuality, like it maybe maybe it's just uh it's a, there's a better word to be used, right? For respect for some of these men.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know what he meant. I know yeah. what he no, meant. No, no, exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: But I had to just kinda like Yeah yeah, no, you're right. I, I wanna you're do right. that because there's other men. Yeah, yeah, that have been there and and they would f- feel offended if they were yeah. called stupid even though where well, this is coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, right? You know? I and, know what you mean. And so I just want to, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. at the end he of the was, day, when we realized that, we realized, damn, we're a stupid motherfucker. Yeah. I've done some dumb ass shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right? You know what I yeah. mean? But I knew,
2: I knew the way he was saying it. You know what I mean? And, and And trust me, he was somebody, like I said, you know, he had originally told me not to be doing all this stupid stuff. Because remember, he's the one that taught me to go and ask for the name, verify, you know, do some stuff that, because I'm telling you, I was like a chicken with no head. I was doing some stupid stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. I think he was calling me out on that. Like, don't, trip, you know, the stupid stuff you were doing, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of other fools that will volunteer to do that stupid stuff 100%. as well. You know what I mean? What not? You I know mean, we mean? take pride. In, in, yeah. in, the, in the game,
0: bro, we take pride for doing stupid shit. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, it, we'll, we'll be the first ones to acknowledge it, right? You know what I mean? So,
2: anyways, when I'm talking to him, though, you know, he, he hit me with this. You know, and I took it, I took it as a valid um words of advice. He told me, just don't be coming in and out, man. Don't play games with this. You know, what you're deciding to do, man. I mean, you better think about it, you know what I mean? Before you start announcing anything. And um, I'm looking at homie like, okay, you know what I mean? And I'm still not knowing what I'm doing. Lucky? Yeah. There and wasn't You haven't, lucky, there wasn't even, nobody you, you haven't even got off the county jail yet. Yeah, there's nobody mentoring me. There's nobody yeah. guiding me on these decisions. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Getting, you I'm kind of like running off of feelings at, at this moment. Well, you are getting hit by strike? You are getting hit by fucking lightning for the second time, bro? Yeah. Right? So you know? so this is going on, man. And um, I started going to church, man. And um, you know the name Gabriel. You know what? That was the name of the one of the archangels in the Bible, man. And um, I to this day I'm like, man, Gabriel was like an angel to me, man. And um, I was I, I end up asking him, man, if you're a Christian, you know what are you doing in jail? You know, like I didn't know Christians in jail. I didn't. And I was like, well, you know, you do this church, but what are you doing it in here? And he was like, listen, no, I was out on the streets. I had, you know, and he shared the story about how he was in YA, came home, ended up getting saved, doing good. He was walking, he was working construction. He had a a, a box cutter on his bout and the cop, Englewood police, he was, he was from Tepe out there in, in Lennox and um, in Englewood. And um, he said that the cops took violated him for having that box cutter on his two bout. And he's like, you know, it is what it is. I serve God, so, you know, it's all God's planning. And then we ended up talking like, man, you must have been sent here for me specifically. Because after about two weeks of really discipling me and helping me get through what I was going through, he left. And when he left, lucky, I felt naked, man. I felt like I'm alone, like these wolves are going to get me now. Because up until that time, he was like kind of like mouthfeeding me, the word of God, teaching me how to pray, teaching me how to you know, stand on promises of God. And when I, two weeks, this dude was just feeding me, feeding me, feeding me. And when they took him, I was scared, lucky. And every morning we used to pray on our knees right there, you know, and um, when he left, I was like, shoot, you know, here I am alone now. And I was like, I'll just continue doing what we've been doing, praying, reading the word in the morning. And um, it wasn't long lucky until God started. At that time, Gabriel was showing me the word. At this time, God started showing me the word. Cause I was just depending upon Him. I was praying and reading the Word. I didn't have no fancy books or anything to help break anything down at the time. It was just my Bible and it was praying, and it was a trip though because um, God just started doing miraculous things in my life, and it was crazy. And um, something happened. I ended up um, <coughs> I ended up getting sent um, when I went to court. They said. Because you were 16 when I went to sentencing, they said, before we sentence you, we're going to send you on, a, on a, um, a fitness hearing for youth authority. And a fitness hearing is to see if you're whether or not you're fit to go to prison or be a y number. If you're a y number, I was hoping for a y commitment because at YA, you could parole at 25. I mean, you could get out, max out at 25, and that's it. No prison. There's a lot of guys that were busted in for murder as kids that would get out at 25. They would never see prison. You know what I mean? So... When I went, they ended up sending me to Norwalk on a 90 day observation. So when I went on that 90 day observation, um <clears throat> this was like my first like my first big trial, you know, being um going to YA as a as a Christian, you know, because everybody's telling me they don't play that in YA, man. YA, your enemies, they got 24 hours to get you. And um, you know, when you get there, everybody's gonna test you and everything. They were like, forget YA, just go to prison. And I was like, shoot, I should just do that. You won't have to deal with all them games and YA and stuff. And I was, you know, I had thought about it and everything. And then uh, I said, well, I still got to go on observation anyway because it's, uh, you know, I have to be sentenced, you know. So when I get to YA and stuff, there's a lot of other homies there that are coming from TS, from Chad up north and stuff. And they're telling me how, you know, why is this, this and that, man. You know, blah, blah, blah. And they said, you're 18, so most likely you're going to go to Chino. So I was like, damn, if I go to Chino, I'm going to be close at home. Chino's only you know, 20 minutes from Puente, you know, I'm like, shoot, you know, that'll be cool. You know? So when I got to YA, man, I kind of liked it and stuff. And then when I went back, um, they didn't, um, they didn't sentence me. So I'm like 90 days in like already and I'm still serving God, man. And, um, when I went back on my observation, they sent me to, um, um, to Max East. I go to Max East and, um, this is where things really got crazy, man, where I got to East and, um. And I'm serving the Lord still, man. I'm still going strong, man. And God's showing me more and more of His Word, and He's using me. And um, you know, and um, I'm starting to learn more of the Word, starting to stand strong and stuff. And um, here I am in East. Uh, I forgot exactly which dorm or whatnot, but um, I'm in a prayer circle. Lucky, I'm in a prayer circle with with I want to say maybe like eight black guys, maybe a white guy, and um, uh, probably like one Mexican if I remember right. And we're back there praying, and one of the homies came and grabbed me. He was like, "Hey, Joe, come here." And um, I'm like, what's up? He said, go over there with the homies. And I was like, why? What's up? He said, just go over there. And um, I I start looking around and everything's quiet. You know, the quiet before the storm. And I'm like, oh, shoot, man. Here we go. You know what I mean? And um, I tell tell the homie, like, you know, like, I appreciate it. But I'm going to stay here and pray. You know what I mean? So we're praying in like in seconds, man. You start hearing the bunks. And we start going at it. And, um god you know i had so much pride i had so much pride that god had to deal with man and um at this time you know i'm i'm like running towards the homies area because all the blacks were on this side all the homies were on this side and when i when i'm going over to where the homies are like blacks are like running at me and just pushing me out it was as if an angel had their hand on me just like moving me out of the way just like not bothering with me you know what i mean and i'm over there and um the homies pushed you know, the blacks into the restroom and the homies are like all excited. Like they, they already like put in work and everything. And a couple of homies were like, hey, there's more blacks in the back. I trip off this, lucky man. This is this is this is this is crazy, man. I, I still can't believe how it went down. But the homies started running to the back and these other blacks, you know who they were? These were the same guys I was praying with. These are like my Christian brothers now. Yeah. And uh I do something that I would never ever do, you know, up until this point. I run over there with the homies that are going to go get these blacks. And I put my hands up. I'm in front of the blacks and I put my hands out and I was like, hey man, these are Christians. First time I stood up for my faith in such a way, I never never would stand up against my homies. I mean, these are my people and here I am. I'm like, and I, it, it happened all so quick that I was like, oh shoot, what did I do? Because right after that happened, <laughs> right, part of right, that crew. right after that happened, but it, nobody touched them. Nobody touched them. And in that moment, they started shooting in their tear gas, their percussion grenades. They came in. We all get down, you know, covering ourselves with, you know, towels and stuff because they're gassing us. And um, and right by where I, I go down when they're shooting, there's two blacks right there that are sucking their last air. They're sucking air. I, I heard that sound. I know I'm familiar with that sound. They're, them are punctured lungs. They're bleeding. They're, they're sipping on their blood they're 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 bleeding right there and the cops ain't coming in yet they're they're gassing and everything and i'm just right there like dang it was an older and one older black man and the other one i i can't remember the age but i remember one was an older gentleman i'm I'm talking about like almost senior age and here he is dying you know and um i they end up coming out and you know how they do is they segregated all of us they put us in this one tank they put all of them like in the dining room or something but we're all in this tank and everybody's all excited everybody pumped up you know everybody's pumped up and stuff nobody, man nobody nobody was questioning you about hold on I'm gonna okay. get there you know okay. i already knew that i marked myself i'm like i i did a no no i know better than this i i like like i just signed my death warrant right now and here I am with nothing but homies now stuck in this cage, you know what I mean? Like, of course I'm not going to like lock it up and tell the cops, "Hey, you know, I'm not a part of that," you know. I was over here praying, you know, they're not trying to hear all that lucky. So, um I'm in here. I'm in the tank and um and there was this other Christian man that um this other Mexican Christian man that um he was like in and out your Bible study, you know what I mean? He said he was a Christian, but they stomped him out bad. They like, they broke his jaw. They beat him down. I actually violated number two. I go over there and try to cover him. I'm like, man, like leave him alone. Like that's enough already. I'm like, that's strike number two. You know what I mean? I, I'm done. Like, I'm just like striking myself out right here. Like, and um, I'm like stressed out. So I put, <laughs> finally somebody says like man down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he came up beat up like that. That's the way you guys brought him. You know what I mean? He needs attention. That happened in the riot, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they take them and we're all still there and I'm like, my back's against the wall. I'm like, oh, shoot, here I go. Like, I'm, I'm next, you know, I'm next. I wasn't active, I didn't volunteer, you know. I I know the rules, I know the get down, you know. I wasn't active, you know. I, I left my homies hanging, you know. Even though they beat up, you know, I mean, they got the best of the situation in that one. I said, I, I'm still, you know, I did a no-no. And i I'm standing there, um, Lucky, and um there is this guy, man. Um, I love him, man. I do want to say his name because hopefully somebody would know him, but his name was Kilo from Florence. Big dude. Looked like a corn-fed brother, man. But white dude, He's Mexican, but he, he looks white, and he's big. Like, like you know, you would think he was from Nebraska, you know, because his shoulders, you know. He had Florencia on his back, like letters this big. <laughs> I mean, he covered his old back. And um, this was my dog when I was messing around. I mean, when we were still banging in there and doing missions, I mean, he's on death row now, you know what I mean? Or he's, he's somewhere, you know, that was his original sense, but, um, he comes and he gets me in a headlock and he said, I seen you fool. I seen you putting in work, you know what I mean? And, um, I didn't think of it at the time that he was trying to bail me out. He was trying to save my little butt. You know what I mean? he
0: had a little say-so.
2: Yeah, and he was telling me. He was like, man, I seen you, fool. Like, boxer, you were scrapping. I seen you drop that black, fool. Like, man, I can't believe you kicked him. You know, like, man, you didn't have the Holy Ghost tonight. You were getting down, fool. That's right. And I'm I'm like, man, you lying, fool. I'm like, (laughs) I didn't take the pass. I'm like, you lying, fool. I was praying, you know what I mean? And he's like, I know, man, you're good, fool. You know, whatever, And um. And I'm like in the corner, still thinking, like, man, it, it, it might be him that ends up, you know, cracking me, because I know the get down, I know the hug, I know the whisper. I ain't stupid. That was me, you know. Make you think I was your best friend, you know, and end up, you know, hitting you in that moment. So I'm like thinking it's still coming, you know what I mean? And um, and then some other little homies came by, and they were like, hey, man, that took a lot of guts, man, for you to stand up for your Christian brothers, man. And um, they 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 told me, man, it was a trip, looking. This is when I started seeing like. God really moving in my life and calling me into my ministry of helping homies. Because what happened is that homies were like, man, when we get to wherever we're getting, man, and, you know, I'll go to church with you, man. And I was like, for real? And then I started thinking again, like, man, these are the same homies that are going to blast me when the when the moment's right. Yeah. You know, I ain't stupid, you know what I mean? I just didn't turn Christian tonight, you know what I mean? I was just like, but um, long story short, man, like God was dealing with my pride and um, and, and he allowed me to step up to such a situation, man, that I would never have done in my own flesh. And it's a trip because I had just been baptized in the Holy ghost. And I didn't even know nothing about that. And, um, you know, when the Bible talks about that baptism, you know, giving power for ministry. And it was from there where my ministry took off where God allowed me to, you know, be surrounded by homies, man, and and be able to share the gospel with them. And, um, one thing about me, lucky and, um, uh, well, well I, I know we're going to be wrapping it up and I'm going to speed this up, man, because I, I want them to hear where I'm at today. But for the next, you know, 13 years, man, I went serving the Lord, man. And I went up, you know, and uh, I've been in the shoe program for things I didn't do. You know, when I went to Y.A., they had told me when they were like, don't go back to Y.A. I end up getting sentenced as an M number, which was uh, adult conviction, meaning at 25, you get sent over to prison and finish off your life term. So I was like, "That's cool, you know, whatever." So I end up going to YTS in Chino, um, and I end up doing good there, man. I end up getting a, a carpentry certification, learn how to build a house from the ground up, you know, learn some electrical. I learned, you know, different things in there from trade school, and, um, you know, I was helping the homies learn how to build stuff because I was I was going in there and um, reading the books while homies were smoking, drinking coffee, telling lies to one another. I was in the books, you know, I was learning. <laughs> And uh, other homies used to trip off that, you know, it's funny because I wanted to be baptized in YA, man. And let me tell you, man, when I got to YA, I was like, here we go, man, because it was crazy. Everybody was telling me, you know, why is gladiator school, man, especially TS. You know, that's where all the older cats are. And they were like, you know, shoot, man, good luck, you know what I mean? And it's a trip lucky, because when we first got, I I remember one of the homies saying, hey, even though you're a Christian, man, listen, sharpen up five pencils. Tape them up, and that will be your your first crusher. That would be your first one. You'll get you'll get a few hits off that, you know. Sharpen them pencils all the way up, tape them up, and that's gonna be able to. Pre- I was like, I don't need no pencils, man. I'm going in there with God, man. And he was like, All right, I'm. I'm trying to warn- give you a heads up. You know what I mean? Your enemies ain't probably Christian, but they're gonna really remember you. You know what I mean? And you know, I'm blasted on my body, you know, in the neighborhood everywhere. They're like, You ain't gonna be able to, you know, hide behind that Bible. And I was like, I ain't trying to hide behind that Bible, you know and um when i got to ya um like two days later man there was like a big old riot on the thing two different in ya man i mean whole neighborhoods go at each other you know you have 12 against 12 you know what i mean and uh i believe at the time when i got there i believe it was um i believe it was florence and 18th street that were just going at it. i'm like dang you know like crazy like this is crazy and i'm with um the homie um one of the homies that i knew from the county he's from pacas and um when I get there, he gives me this big old list, you know what I mean? He said, yeah, look at the list of what we, can, what we can't do and what we can do. And I was like, dang, you know, all of these, you know, rules and YA and stuff. And I was like, Lord, you're going to have to help me with this, you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> so, trip. when I ended up going, uh, when I ended up signing up for church, because they have two lists, Catholic church and Protestant church. And in YA, there was only a brown church and a black church. And I ended up going to the Protestant church because I'm Christian. Lucky I go in there. And, uh, the homies are telling me, they like, Hey, you can't go to that church. You need to go to the Catholic church. And I'm telling them, I'm not, I'm not Catholic. I'm Christian. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, there's a Brown church and a black church. You go to go with the Browns. I was like, man, I'm a Christian. They're like, if you sign up on that list, homie, everyone's going to line up at your door and I'm like, oh man. So you sign up on a list. And then I, what happens? I <laughs> sign up on the list and I go. And when we're going to the when we're going to the church, Lucky, the blacks are even like questioning, like, hey homie, like like you from a black gang or like what like what's your issue? You know your homies are gonna get you, right? Yeah, yeah they felt like the FBI was in there, bro. You know what I mean And it was crazy though because I go to church and I'm praying like Lord help me when I get back and when I get back Help me back, now and help me when I get back. And when I get back to the cell, my 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 bunkie, he tells me, like, don't trip. If anybody comes in, I got your back. And I'm like, here I go again. Like, I heard that story. You're probably going to be the main one that gets me. You know, what? Like, I understand. You know, it's whatever. You know, it is what it is. You know, you, know, you
0: were never afraid to get hit for, for your actions.
2: I wasn't afraid. You know what I mean? Like I said, you believe so much. I believe I had an encounter with God where nothing else mattered. What was going on with me? Was the real deal, and I was willing to die well, for it. Well,
0: you got some cats right here, bro. That are gonna be like oh, this, that, blah, blah, blah. But you didn't, you didn't lock it up. You didn't hide from nothing. Nope. you were there even when the homie grabbed you by your neck and said, blah, blah, blah. You're like, fool, come on, dog. You know I didn't do that shit, yep. dog. Like, so never you never changed
2: up my story. Never, never did. And I think this is
0: why a lot of people that since I posted your podcast, bro, that they reach out with respect because I think uh, the streets know, right. Yeah, the streets know what it is, and they'll be the first ones to let motherfuckers know around here, right? You know, yeah. and even though you went on, you went and did that, bro. You you stood strong in the face yeah. of adversity, right?
2: Through all of that, through like I said, you know, there was different reasons uh, throughout. Why you know what, man? I mean, God was so good, and it's a trip, lucky man. You know, I would encourage people get the book to read the details, but um. In that process. This is this,
0: this book right here, right? In
2: that book, it has more process in there. You got hit it
0: hit on that one right there, dog Switch the camera. Hold that book up real quick, bro. Where can people get that book, dog
2: They could get it on Amazon. They can download it on their iPhones and iBooks. They could get it from um Barnes and Noble. They can get it from um a few different places, you know. So it's it's out there, you know what I mean? So the details of it though that I'm speaking of is that you know, in YA, when they told me that, that, you know, I had to go to the brown church and this and that, um, it was funny though, because, you know, God had my back the whole time. And what ends up happening is uh, the black church ended up turning into the brown church because I ended up going back and telling all the homies like, Hey, your big homies were here from Victor Outreach from this church, Praise Chapel. And man, and and you and your homegirls were here and they were like, what? So that was the way I got a gang of homies to go to the black church because it wasn't a black church it was a christian church and victory outreach is a christian church and these were homies coming in and homegirls and stuff and so they started going and they started telling other people yeah they're going and um it wasn't that long man until there was a revival in in yts that um you know a lot of homies ended up getting saved a lot of lifers were getting saved and uh, man it, it just it it just blew up the whole church thing there blew up and god was moving and um and life was, um, you know, it was being impacted. Man, there was miraculous healings taking place there, and uh, the Bible became real to a lot of people. Where, I mean, it was obvious that it was God, you know. And um, it was just regular gangbangers that didn't want nothing that allowed us to pray over them, and they were, they were, you know, being touched. And before long, there was a whole lot of Christians in YTS, man. And uh, if anybody was there during like ninety, uh, you know, like ninety two to ninety seven you know before we all got kicked out we all got kicked out when a when a counselor got killed there and we all left and we went to prison and you know what god continued moving through the prisons and um i'm grateful man as I, as i went through you know the prisons it was a trip though because you know like i said my ministry and i never forgot lucky where i came from when i would when I, when I would hit yards i wouldn't identify myself as a christian until much later i always identified myself boxer from puente in order for The homies to do their background check, their paperwork check, whatever they needed to do, because there was nothing I was hiding from. Who I am is who I am. And it was crazy because it it was like other homies that would testify and say, oh, that's the homie. And it was triple because like I was brought up in the system and I knew a lot of people. So a lot of people caught word that I was serving the Lord. So when I would get somewhere, a lot of times they co-sign, oh, that's, that's the homie serving the Lord. And you, God always you know, had bro, my back, bro. Yeah,
0: no, you know what, bro? You, you are a very small percentage. You're right. You're a very <laughs> small percentage of homies that turn Christian and actually, you know, put your neck out on the line for it, right? Yeah. This is a testament to this right now. You know, there's a lot of Christians that, are, you know, let's be real about it, bro. You know what I mean? We're, we're all imperfect human beings, but there's a lot of Christians that would use that leverage or that Bible to... You know, it kind of deflects something that they're not about, bro, and something to hide behind, bro. Mm-hmm. But this is the, the those 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 individuals are 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 it's a bad rap that the Christian brothers get. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like when dope hits the yard, dog, yeah. how many Christians put that Bible to the side, bro, yeah. and they'll be in front of that block, homie, waiting yeah. for the homie to come back from visiting, bro. You're right. You know what I mean? You're and right. so, but but hearing your story, bro, I have nothing but admiration and respect, brother. Yeah. The, for the way if you're saying which i believe the way you're saying is correct brother the yep. story that you share bro the, the of your trials and tribulations of being a christian bro and putting your head on the line bro for some shit bro yeah. you mm-hmm. know for some stuff right out of a book bro that can potentially you know put you on the chopping block yeah. bro yep. but you but that that night when that dude had okay, you bro. say that prayer bro you know what i mean like like you, we hear people tell stories and we see movies about it all the time and some of us are too Stupid, I'll use the word yeah. stupid to realize that that could possibly happen, yeah. right? That that could possibly happen, you know.
2: And 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 oh, so let, let let me finish up. Like, we're that. We're moving out of time right here, but uh, I just want to say though, man. It, you know, during all them years, you know, God was just showing me a lot of favor, man. And and I knew right from wrong. You know what I mean? I knew how to navigate through you know, all the politics and everything without, you know, getting in a wreck, you know, I I, I knew when to turn my head and